good evening, and welcome to the first ever episode of this here podcast that is as of yet to be named. Uh, and I know what you're thinking, John. Uh, doesn't isn't there episode zero? And uh, shut up is what I say. Uh, you shouldn't have listened to that, and I'm sorry if you did. I'm putting it out there just for posterity. But again, I'm going to put in the notes on that one. Do not listen to that episode. It's garbage. Um, it wasn't this, that bad. <laughs> it's garbage. You're not supposed to talk. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, joining me today on the first ever episode of this here podcast that, as, as stated before, is yet to be named, is uh, one of my best friends in the whole wide world and executive producer of this here podcast, Chelsea Martin. I should have asked you how you wanted to be introduced. That that works. Okay, like, good. <laughs> it's impressive. Thanks. How are you? I'm... Uh, I'm okay. How are yeah, you? I'm also okay. A uh, long day of work. Uh, I should say October 25th, uh, 2016 is the, is the date of this recording. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be posted the same day because it depends how Probably long it takes not. me to process this stuff. And I, I, I do have other stuff to do. But hey, whatever. We're not going to deal with that. Um, so... You're probably wondering, as you were in the first, or episode zero, as I'm calling it, uh, what is this and why are we doing it? And I'm going to throw that over <laughs> to you, because what is this and why am I doing it? Um, this is sound and talking and noise and good stuff, and you're doing it because why the fuck not? Because you want to. I was hoping for something more substantial, but we'll take it for now. That's that's all you're going to get. All right. That's fine. Uh <laughs> Uh, so this is a this is a podcast uh, as I've stated previously. Um, I'm doing it in my mind because uh, Chelsea told me to. So yep. you know, I kind of just do whatever she says because she hasn't steered me hasn't steered me wrong yet. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> debatable. Yeah. So today, first episode ever. Oh, what are we doing? Well, we're gonna figure out what this is. Hopefully, we're gonna. I, I have a list of stuff that I'd like to get nailed down in the first episode, so that the rest of the episodes, if there are other episodes, make a little bit more sense. Um, first and foremost is a name because the podcast does not have a name, and the podcast needs a name. I need a name to put in the file. What about farts? Uh, we'll put it on the list, but okay. I'm not. I can't. I can't sign on on anything yet. We have to. There's a process. But here. you'll consider it. Yeah, it's. I mean, considering it's a considering there are no other entries yet, it's high on the list. <laughs> All right. But we'll see how, how we'll see how long it stays there. <laughs> um, what is the podcast about? Is also a good question that I'm sure everyone is having because I certainly have. Uh, I recorded episode zero about seven months ago in March uh, when I was uh, deathly ill and probably out of my mind on medication so that was you know a fun time for everybody and also it uh it was recorded on my telephone which is not a great way to record audio i love hearing people who still say telephone say telephone hey, i'm an i'm an old man today man i got nothing but nothing but quips about being old so let's throw back to the original og john <laughs> you know me the real og <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I have ideas of what I'd like it to be about, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here, very, very literally. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know how any of this equipment that I bought works, although I'm kind of getting the hang of it. Sound is coming through these microphones and these headphones, and it is being recorded onto my laptop, which you've, is a good first step. You've got a pretty basic understanding, I think, of everything. Oh, uh, yeah, well... So far. I, I think any uh, audiophiles out there would disagree, but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so my idea for what the podcast is is that it's about me, right? Because... 
it's because you it's mine uh, yeah. <laughs> and and it's about me and that's all I've got. I don't really have anything else interesting to to go on. So okay. the podcast is about me. I'm thinking maybe it's a a self improvement podcast. Let's look at Johntown, John. USA. Yeah, let's Canada. Look at, let's, let's look at John <laughs> as he is right now, and then try and 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 see if we can make him into a better person in the future. Um, maybe it's an advice podcast for people. Um, I'm going to be, after we find a name and everything, I'm going to be making a Facebook page for it. I'm going to be making an email address where people can write in and we can answer questions, hopefully in the next episode. Cool. Um, I'm going to make a Twitter account because I I don't use my Twitter for very much. So I might as well make something that might actually get out to people. Covering all the bases. Trying to, yeah. Um, I'm going to make an Instagram that I'm never going to update or use. I'm going to make a MySpace page. A, a Tumblr, too? Yeah, I'm going to make a Gaia Online character. Oh, do you guys remember Gaia Online? You guys? Me? Yes. <laughs> I do remember that. I, I have to remember that the audience can't actually um, come back with, you know, They can't give answers you witty to responses. Because <laughs> I can't hear them yet. Hey, maybe maybe I'll live stream this eventually and then they will be able to That'd have be cool. audience participation. You know, we live in a wondrous age of technology, you guys. Anything is possible. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to have segments in the podcast. I'd like to have, you know, hey, here's my week or, you know, I don't know how many I'm going to do with these things. I'm thinking probably every two weeks is about as, as fast as I could pump these out because... Uh, <laughs> I've been sitting on this one for, you know, seven months, and I barely have two pages of notes written for things I'm going to talk about today. So in two weeks, I bet not a lot is going to happen in my life that is going to be podcast worthy, but we'll see. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'd like to have more guests on. Chelsea's my first, but hopefully not the last. Uh, I don't know any famous or interesting people. Not that you're not interesting, but you are not famous. Well, you're kind of famous, uh, and we'll get into that in a second. Okay. But I, I have... I have... The idea that I'm going to sit all my friends down and interview them and basically ask them about me because uh, I'm selfish and self-centered and I think we should focus on that. It's a good plan. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not indeed? <laughs> it's a good question that no one has an answer to. Uh, as stated in episode zero, if you listen to it, again, you shouldn't have done that, but hey, everyone makes mistakes. Uh, I have no answers to any questions at all. Um, nothing I say on this podcast should be taken literally, or if you do hear me say something that sounds kind of like a fact, you should fact check it first before you start reciprocating that information to other human beings, because I'm often wrong, but I also very confident about my wrongness. So I'm going to say things that sound right and smart at the time, but are not. This is very true. Yeah. It happens. It happens all the time. I'm, and, and you know what? For Occasionally the, the you re- are right. For the record, like, I'd say 80% of the time <laughs> I'm right. So it's been working out okay so far. That's not true, but we'll, you know, whatever. Uh, so let's get into you, Chelsea. Uh, first question, uh, mm-hmm. who am I? John. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a nice vague. Uh, ten words or more, please. <laughs> vague answer. Um, you are John. You are my awesome friend. And you like stuff and things. That's not descriptive enough. I don't know. You you're you're my DM. So that's, that's true. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Um follow up question. Yeah. Who are you? I am Chelsea. <laughs> this is about as uh, in depth of an answer as you're gonna get. That's confident boosting for me because that's about as good as I can do when people ask me who I am. Oh good. I can say uh, my occupation um, the color of my skin, my median income, and that's about it. Uh, I don't like, I also like, oh, I like TV and video games and stuff. Um, 
so my personality at the moment is a collection of things that I like, mm-hmm. which is kind of a shitty way to um, talk <laughs> I, about yourself. I, I think know. most people would have a very similar answer. I think it's kind of, at, I think sometimes it's hard to talk about yourself in that way when someone just asks you like who are you what are you doing with your life what's going on so i shouldn't be so aggressive about it is what you're <laughs> trying to say i'm trying to say it's a very vague question and you're not going to get the answers that you want out of it well all right i guess that's the podcast over then guys thanks for tuning in uh never doing this again <laughs> thank you, you goodbye <laughs> dreams are ruined <laughs> yeah uh that was the whole point you guys of i wanted to ask people who i am and not get vague answers that i couldn't bring answers to uh yeah we'll we'll work on that i guess okay we'll come back to it um what's next question two uh there is no follow-up there is no (laughs) follow-up question question. that was it i thought that was going to be like two hours of podcast (laughs) material actually uh so hey fuck me i guess right of course oh i'm hitting cables here was that you or me that was me okay that was me um so yeah i i don't know uh that that was my idea for what the podcast is is a self-exploratory kind of nature it's it's almost a a mockumentary of my life Mm -hmm. um also there's going to be swearing in case you didn't hear that before uh this is a podcast for adults by adults uh if you're lots of fucking swearing you assholes shit motherfucker uh if you're uh a wee child uh you know fuck you no keep listening because uh you're gonna learn some cool shit yeah this is this is gonna go well for you i think uh i mean don't let your parents know that you're listening to it or do maybe they're cool i don't know parents these days right millennials they have kids um (laughs) I don't don't snort at that. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good observation. It's babies top, having babies. Topical. <laughs> I don't know. All these hipster parents are eventually going to, you know, rub off on their kids, and and they're all you know pro bullshit. Yeah, what they're pro culture and pro like active lifestyle. How dare and, they? And sex positive parents. Like, yeah, that's that's cool, man. Whatever. I oh, I raised my baby I'm to be gender neutral. Like, we just gave him like white stuff. We let him choose when he's ready. That's dumb. Yeah, it's fucking I I mean, I get it, <laughs> but I think when your child gets to the point where they can, and, and I mean, this is coming from both of us who don't have kids. No, but we're the authority on this. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I think when your child gets old enough to um, choose their toys, you should have more of a variety. But I mean, like, I'm not just going to out of the gate be like, you know what? I'm just going to let this zero day old child choose what what is going to be right right now i found a website that the name i can't remember right now that is all just gender neutral toys and it's just like amorphous wooden blocks <laughs> that don't have any shape or form to them that not yeah. like you couldn't extrude like a human form from them because you can't leave that impression in a kid and i'm like oh come on man How horrible we've had gi joes and barbies for like a hundred years why don't you just buy both people have turned out okay like like yeah Obviously, you give your kid a choice of, of, of like their sexual preference and and their personality and their style and everything when they have the capacity to do that. Exactly. But at some point, a, a four year old isn't capable of that cognition. I don't think. I don't well, know. You're I'm forcing not a child psychologist. Ne- you're forcing neutrality on your kid. Yeah, you're that, still forcing something. Exactly. That's another way to force your point of view. Isn't that kind of the opposite? It is. We're getting off topic, which we didn't have a topic. So, so tangents. So what when you were growing up, did you ever want to play with like Christine's Barbies and stuff? Uh, yeah, I turned them into and guns. And did you? Yeah, oh, good. I, I bent them over into like an L shape, and then I used them as guns. How did you bend them into an L shape? That's oh, At okay, the, legs, the other way. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. thinking like sideways. No, 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 like, no. that's not. I'm not that's stupid. not how Barbies you, work, John. About? I'm not stupid. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw those and I was like, that could be a gun. Yeah. 
Well, I guess so. Was the hair like? Was it like the gun is like like they have cannon butt or like their hair or like where? I don't think I put that much thought into it. Okay. Like just uh, anything that was roughly L shaped that I could hold in my hand and go pew 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 with was a gun. Uh, that's all I needed. My I, I remember my parents for a long time when I was a kid tried really hard to make sure that I didn't have any gun toys in the house because mm-hmm. they were they were totally kind of like that. They're like, oh, we can't have any violent toys or anything. And then I so started turning them. Barbies into guns. They're like, well, <laughs> this looks weird when he's running around the neighborhood like this. So we should probably buy him a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I I quickly overthrew that idea of not being able to do to do that. So. And then now you have a whole bunch of fake guns. And now I have a whole bunch of paintball guns and airsoft guns. My my love for for being able to shoot my friends has um, escalated into sport like activities. I don't even think it goes that far. I think it's just, I think part of it is you just like having them. Like you just like to have them and to like look at them and you're like, man, that's a nice gun. Guns are weird, man. Like I under, it's okay. So we live in Canada. In case you didn't know, if you're listening for this outside the United States, we live in Canada, a uh, Manitoba specifically. Um, and gun laws in Canada compared to the U.S., which is what we we would compare them to, just because that's what we have available to us right next to our our, our, our back door. There, um, <laughs> they're very different. Uh, we have a, a weird Canada has a weird relationship with firearms. Um, we're very proud of our military. We have a very big hunting culture here. We have swaths of huge, vast open landscapes where people are, are living on farms and hunting and, and it's necessary part of lifestyle. No, we don't. Okay, fine. You're right. It's all metropolitans. Yeah. It's very small. We're basically no the Ireland here. of North America. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it sound like. <laughs> like Canada is this completely different place. Canada doesn't have doesn't have farms. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we live on the same like plane of existence? Have Maybe. we grown up in the same province? Because if you walk 15 minutes outside of this city, there is nothing but farmland as far as the <laughs> eye can see. Right, but you're ma- like the you. They have. Uh, I feel so dumb right now. Never mind. No, keep no. Follow, no, follow no, your thoughts through to the no. <laughs> it's logical conclusion of me being right and you being wrong. Uh, maybe I mixed it up. <laughs> like you were the way that you said it made it sound like these people do not know what a farm is. Like America doesn't have farms. Not that no, Canada well, doesn't have farms, but that America doesn't have. They farms. do. They don't. Uh, so the United depends S- on where you're from. Okay, if you include uh, if you include the territories and everything, which mm-hmm. I am. They don't have the vastness of space that we do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess if you tried to compare the square footage of America to the square footage of Canada, I think Canada still wins. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Don't again, don't quote me on that because I'm not <laughs> fat checking in this in this podcast. We're just gonna roll with it. Um, and our city centers and our metropolitan areas are spread out to a degree that they can't even fathom. Like, if you live in California, you can drive. S- like through six or seven different cities within an hour of each other. That's kind of dumb. Yeah, li- like like <laughs> it it is, but but it's also great because if you live in those metropolitan areas, then you have a difference of cultures very close to each other. We like our our nearest the next biggest city to Winnipeg, which is where we are, is at least an hour away from us, right? Selkirk. Selkirk, Gimli. Yeah. Like. Yeah, nowhere, nowhere significant. Oh, I don't want to say significant. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Uh, for our Brandon listeners, uh, you are significant Baby. in my in my heart. Not in mine. <laughs> you bastards. Chelsea, Chelsea hates people from Brandon. <laughs> that's fine. 
we'll try and work through. Her. I went there. I went there a few times for uh, Brandon Jazz Fest. Fuck you. We'll we'll try and work through her prejudices and, and turn her into a better person as well. We'll see. <laughs> no promises. Unless this is the only episode that she shows up, and in which case, uh, she's gone to the wind. Yeah, that's it. Lost cause. <laughs> um, but the thing I was trying to get to with guns is that our culture is very different from theirs for very different reasons. Like, yes, they have those wilderness areas. If you go to Alaska, it's very close to what Canadian um, kind of gun culture is. Right. Except that they have access to firearms that we just don't. Um, if you want to own a gun in Canada, you need a position and acquisitions license, which is called a PAL. Um, and there are different levels to it, to it. At the basic level, what it allows you to get is uh, what we classify as non-restricted guns. Uh, or non-restricted firearms. And non-restricted firearms follow under um, bolt-action rifles, shotguns, um, handguns, or no, sorry, actually handguns are restricted firearms, um, semi-automatic rifles that have a capacity of five rounds in the magazine, uh, no greater than that. Um, Do you just have all of this memorized? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I worked at a, a sporting goods store for a little while, and I had to learn all this shit, but I, I knew all this shit before I started working there, so whatever. Yikes. Um, and then we have restricted firearms, and I'm not getting all... It's like a very complicated thing that we would have to go into a Wikipedia article to actually read the, the legality of it and the kind of fine-picked stuff that they have there, because there's a lot of, like in between stuff that, like, does this qualify as a non-restricted, does this require as a restricted, and eh, it's kind of a gray area. Um, but restricted firearms are... Uh, firearms that the government of Canada has decided um, shouldn't or can be possessed. You can buy them, um, but with a non-restricted firearm, if you lived on a farm or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you could take it with you when you're say you're a cattle rancher or something like that, or you or you have a horse ranch. Um, and you wanted a ranch gun that you needed to to take with you when you're riding your horse around your ranch because you had to fight off coyotes or you're worried about. People robbing you because you live in the middle of nowhere, and the nearest RCMP officer is two hours away. Not the uh, coyotes. Yeah, you can take a non-restricted rifle with you uh, anywhere you want. Basically, you can put it in your truck and, and and take it. A restricted firearm can only go from your gun safe to your vehicle in a locked box to a, a verified shooting range. You can't take it anywhere else. Those are the only places you can take them. Um, so, like we have, uh, we have. Uh, rock quarries here in Manitoba and a lot of people will take their non-restricted firearms to rock quarries and just use them as target practice which is quasi legal uh it's it's not technically legal to do that but no one is going to probably stop you from doing that as long as you're far away enough from people why well because people have to have somewhere to shoot and it's better than them doing it in a field somewhere where there's a possibility of hitting cars when you're in the bottom of a quarry pit there's almost no chance that the the round you're shooting is going to hit anything that's not going to ricochet well it will but it'll ricochet within the canyon and uh, unless you just shoot yourself yeah unless you're shooting your, your gun at like a 45 degree angle and you're trying to arc it over a rock the rock quarry itself you're probably not going to do any damage, um, so the RCMP just kind of lets it slide. Um, or at least I hope they do. That's what people have told me, so I don't know. Um, Google this first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at the very least, like, have some common sense and do it yeah. far enough away from roadways and stuff like that where you're not going to hurt anybody. Um, but the list of, re- of restricted firearms is interesting because it's, it's firearms that um, the Canadian government has deemed to be too dangerous for uh, kind of your everyday citizen to own responsibly. Things like AR-15s are restricted. AK-47s can't even be bought in Canada. 
Um, Legally? No, you, you can't even import them. Like, there are no AK-47s in Canada, as far as I know. Legally? Not legally, right. Yeah, I'm sure there's a way to get it. Um, I'm sure the, there is. The way that there's a way to get anything. But the great thing about... You uh, didn't know I had one in my car for your <laughs> birthday, I guess. The, the great thing about gun owners is they will find a way. Um, so there are rifles like the CZ um, variant of rifle that fires the same round that the AK-47 does and is based on the AK-47 that you can get in Canada. It basically is an AK-47 in everything but name. I mean, it functions slightly differently. Uh, I just dropped my pad. Not the pad. Um, But the Canadian government doesn't think that it's a restricted firearm. In fact, it's non-restricted, so you can take it to quarries and stuff and shoot it. Um, That's the interesting part of gun laws to me is like, where they define the lines doesn't yeah. make much sense very often, uh, which is why a lot of gun owners have problems with you know, gun rights and things like that. It's because the people making those laws generally don't know anything about firearms. So they're just kind of going off the best information available to them, uh, which often leaves a, a gap where you would want something a little more concrete about what the rules actually are. And then you go to the United States, and that stuff is even crazier. The ATF, like... Uh, the the big thing right now is uh, short-barreled rifles, which is a, a rifle that has a, a barrel length of less than, I think it's like, I think it's less than 10 inches or something like that. You have to register it as a short-barreled rifle, mm-hmm. um, which requires a tax stamp and like 250 extra dollars on top of the purchase of the gun for you to legally own. Um, and what they qualify that is uh, uh, any uh, rifle cartridge firearm that can be shouldered and is longer in length than a certain distance. The way that people have gotten around this is a company a couple years ago came out with a buttstock, basically, that was designed... Uh, see, she, I, I can't say buttstock without Chelsea smiling because she's a <laughs> six-year-old girl. I also laughed when girl. you said backdoor. Backdoor. <laughs> backdoor buttstocks, guys. Come down to John's backdoor buttstocks. It's a blowout sale. I'm overstocked due to a shipping error with too many buttstocks. <laughs> All buttstocks must go. I'm giving them away. Please take them. Come on. (laughs) Oh, geez. You sound like the emotion lord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this buttstock basically is what they define as an arm brace, and it's designed for people with disabilities to fire rifles. So basically it's this strap that you strap to your arm with Velcro Mm -hmm. that that you then use the, the rifle as a pistol because it's supporting the weight. But... As it turns out, it looks just like a normal buttstock, and if you wanted to, you could just shoulder it like a normal buttstock, and then you don't have to do the track the the tax transfer stamp on a short-barreled rifle because it's no longer a short-barreled rifle. Technically, it's a pistol. This sounds really dumb. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so there are YouTube. There's lots of YouTube videos out there of people putting this stock in their guns, and then of them filming themselves and like, well, the ATF says I can't shoulder this rifle because then it's a rifle but if I fire it like this with it tucked under my arm it's not a rifle it's a pistol so I don't have to use the tax <laughs> transfer stamp <laughs> and that's the that's the kind of level of intricacy that the American system is working with where okay I understand that guns are a problem and there are far too many of them in the United States and there are so many gun deaths and it's terrible uh, and and there has to be a solution to that and, and clearly the solution is not less um kind of legislation Mm -hmm. 
what it needs to be is smarter legislation. What it needs to be is very clearly defined rules of what is a, what do we what do we as a society deem as acceptable ownership of firearms? Like, yes, let's protect the Second Amendment, even though it doesn't make sense in the 21st century because when that bill was written, uh, they were using ball and musket uh, rifles that maybe you could fire uh, two or three shots every couple of minutes. Right. Not, you know, 650 rounds a, a minute with fully automatic rifles. Um, so times have changed. Technology has changed. We've become very efficient at killing other human beings to a point that I don't think the founding fathers could have ever imagined. Um, so those laws need to change. Uh, and again, I'm a Canadian, so my opinions on this don't matter. Uh, for my American listeners, I'm sure I'm going to get, if I put an email on this, I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail if anyone other than my direct family and friends listen to this podcast, which is questionable at best. Maybe. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get some people <laughs> writing in. And hey, before you write that email, uh, just don't. How about because a I can't do anything about my opinions because they're my opinions and I think they're right. Uh, you're not going to change my opinion on that. Maybe you will. Hey, maybe you have some really succinct points. Just just be nice about it. Yeah, let's have maybe. An, I'm totally willing to have an intelligent conversation with a pro gun person from the United States. I'm all for that. But if it turns into a shouting match about Obama's coming to steal your guns, uh, then I have no interest in talking to you because you are a subhuman being who should not be alive. I'm sure he wouldn't. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> subhuman beings. Don't listen to this podcast. If you're a mole man, turn this off right now. I don't even know how you got the technology to listen to this. There's no Wi-Fi in the subworld in I the underdark. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> Leave mole man out of this. <laughs> so that was my 20-minute round about guns and gun culture in Canada. We have a gun culture in Canada. It's neat. Um, it's oftentimes misunderstood by people who don't understand firearms, and I get it. They're scary uh, if you don't know what you're doing with them uh and i think that should change i think we should have a pro-gun culture instead of an anti-gun culture because that would solve a lot more problems than than having people be scared of them Uh, if we had people who understood how to use them and and just the intricacies of them i think it would be better i think that's putting a lot of faith in 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 our school systems, to I think, be honest. I think, I I think education is the solution to almost every problem that we currently have. I, I, don't, I don't think anything can be solved unless we have a, a really solid education system. And I understand gun culture is low on that fucking list. We need yeah. scientists and people who are good with robotics and AI and stuff. And, and let's send some people to Mars. That should take precedent. I understand that. But we shouldn't forget everything else, too. Speaking of robotics and AI... So, uh, <laughs> Chelsea is, is doing a good job of segueing into something here. Oh, I keep hitting the button. I'm going to just unplug this. Uh, so one of the things I'd like to do is have a news segment, or at the very least, um, I spend a lot of time on the internet, as it turns out. Hey, go figure. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, if you ever... if I like it when, like, older people who really don't have experience with computers come to me and ask me what the internet is, and I'm like, oh, follow me. <laughs> and I leave them into this dark cavern, and I show them, like, you know... Reddit. Well, Reddit and, like... Uh, some other stuff Uh-oh. that's maybe not, you know, good, but is totally worth watching. Like? like Manimal. Have I ever shown Manimal. you Manimal? You've shown me a lot of stuff over yeah. the years, I I'm probably sure. haven't shown you Manimal, but uh, we'll we'll get into it. Hey, kids, right. uh, uh, type Manimal into Google and just go nuts. <laughs> Make sure to image search that first. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you spend as much time on the internet as I do, uh, eventually you run across some cool shit uh, and... I think every podcast I'm going to try and find at least one cool thing that I found there and we're going to discuss it uh, with the guest or just by myself if it's just me. And this week, what we have is I found an article um, through Kotaku 
kotaku.com. It's a good place for video games, anime, um, kind of Japanese-focused nerd culture, if you're into that kind of stuff, which I totally am, right up my alley. It's not a bad place to go. Um, they had linked an article from, uh, actually it was Jezebel.com, which is not a website I frequent very often because it seems pretty lady-centric, um, not really designed for me. But um, hey, I, I, in, may, my, in my mind, Jezebel is kind of like the Cosmo of, of online stuff. I mean, Cosmo.com. No. They're really? not. They're not that bad. I mean, Jezebel is more of like a feminist-centered kind of website, from what I've seen. Yeah. I follow them on Facebook because sometimes the articles are interesting, but I don't like follow it out every day. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think that it's. I don't think that it's specifically just for women. No. I no. I, I didn't mean to make it sound like that. Obviously, I like. I don't have to like. You know take a photo of my vagina and show it to the website yeah, come before, on, I could, yeah, before I could log into the site. Like, oh, I don't know. No, instead of like a CAPTCHA, that's what it is. <laughs> it's like upload the picture of your vagina. <laughs> and, a, and a copy of today's newspaper uh, <laughs> yeah. just to verify that you are just who you on the say s- you are. Just on the side of the picture. <laughs> um, so on Jezebel, they, uh, uh, a writer by the name of Tina Horn uh, wrote an article, What Would It Take for a Sex Robot to Pass a Turing Test? So this is hitting all of my buttons. Uh, it's an article about dystopian cyber futures and human sexuality, which is like, that's, I'm all about that stuff, man. Like those are the things I'm interested <laughs> in is like weird human sexuality and a near future where everything like technology is amazing, but everything is still awful right. <laughs> for some reason. Like that's my jam, man. <laughs> I'm all about that. Pretty much. And I made Chelsea uh, also read this article because I figured she should have that information before coming out of the podcast. I wasn't just going to jump this on her. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be fun too, actually, if I just threw this stuff at, it at just without, yeah. without them knowing. That would be interesting. Um, so this article, basically, uh, it starts off with her talking about the new Westworld show that's going um, currently airing on HBO, which is a... Uh, reimagining of the original Westworld, which is a movie that came out in the 60s or 70s, I think. I don't know. I didn't do research on that one. Uh, I have seen it, but that was a long time ago. I'm getting old. Yep. Um, apparently, the show's pretty good. Haven't seen it yet. Can't really comment on it. Don't have HBO or HBO Go or anything like that. Uh, so I'd have to acquire it somehow, uh, completely legally, if anyone's listening, through very legal means. Uh, I've never broken a law ever. Take that to the bank. I'm pretty sure I could uh, <laughs> disprove that very easily. Uh, don't know what you're talking about. Your mic is just suddenly cut off. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it goes into really kind of poignant things about human sexuality and sex working in the future and we're, we're getting into this area now where artificial intelligence is becoming a very real possibility if, if you listen to any of the kind of lead scientists out there right now a lot of their big concerns come from ai uh, and how it's going to affect the world in, in the future which is is totally fucking cool and just so badass and scary li- and it's totally terrifying and it's awesome we should all be really fucking scared of this thing that not yeah. many people are talking about <laughs> um and basically goes into what it would take for uh a sex working robot or a robot that is designed specifically to service a human in a sexual manner, what it would take for that robot to become indistinguishable for another human. And is that possible? Is that a thing we want? How scary is that? Um, She talks about shows like Westworld, like I said, movies like Ex Machina, which we both saw and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed. um, And her? 
her. Also, yeah. she talks about her. Those two movies are really great uh, examples of this. And, I, and again, totally up my alley. I love those kinds of movies. Uh, Ex Machina especially is a special, special film that everyone should go see because it really delves deep uh, into basically the movie. It makes is, you it, think, for it's, sure. It's about a yeah. Turing test, essentially, is what it is. And, and it really makes you think about the future of our technology and what we're capable of doing. And as computer processing gets faster and smaller and, and we start hitting the limit of, of what the potential is there, uh, really is interesting stuff. But the article, which I have up here now on my computer, um, basically it, it goes into kind of referencing these movies and using them as points for the narrative of, well, let's say this stuff was totally possible uh, and she does talk to some actual scientists who are working in this kind of field. Uh, people who are working on artificial intelligence who, again, reiterate that that fear of like our our two biggest fears for AI is how will it, will it affect us socially and how will it will affect us um, in a violent sense where like if we have uh, robots that can think for themselves and are also armed to the T. Kind uh, of like that episode of The Simpsons when they go to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and they have to use the camera flash to... Uh, yes, exact, exactly. To make their heads it's, explode. It's what, what, what are these robots who we gave machine guns to uh, in an attempt to stop war suddenly decide that we're no longer necessary. Uh, cool, cool stuff. So... This also ties into some other stuff I wanted to talk about today, like virtual reality and things like that. Um, in the last seven months, virtual reality has come. It has arrived. Uh, it is here, and it is very interesting. A thing that's come out of that, uh, of course, is that whenever new technology shows up, pornography follows. So, yep. hey, guess <laughs> what? Uh, like day one, boom, in your face. Uh, <laughs> Pornhub has their, their VR version of their website, which, hey, good for them, you know? keep on keeping on Pornhub. Just, <laughs> just do your thing, man. You do you. Yeah. Um, but even more than that, it, it becomes interesting in, okay, what is the nature of interactive sex? What is the nature of interactive sex in video games? And how do we reach the epitome of that? Th- there's stuff like Real Doll, which if you want to spend a couple of thousand dollars, probably five or six thousand dollars, you can buy uh, as close as you're going to get, probably, to the uh, amalgamation of a real human woman in uh, latex form mm-hmm. that's totally posable and is, like, full-sized and has all the orifices and stuff you would need to, to you know, make that happen. And uh, then some. And then some. And that company is also working on an Android version of their sex doll, which is scary and fascinating in equal parts. Uh, and this article talks about that as well. It talks about... Uh, our relationship with um, sex toys and how they have become kind of a mainstream part of human sexuality and most people are using them, which is totally cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens when those sex toys gain intelligence? What happens when they become purpose-built to be indistinguishable for human beings? And how far away are we from that? Turns out pretty far. Uh, <laughs> like, like that's not an easy thing. Uh there are sex machines out there. In the 70s, um, pornography started to take this, again, a weird turn, as pornography often does, where people were building fucking machines and just making videos of that. And the interest in that was because these were machines that a person couldn't make at home, which is different than other pornography because theoretically you could reenact other pornography at home if you so desired, which... Uh, hey, that's a good way to live, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you really want to get in there, 
you know, pornography is weird in all the right ways, and and hey, go for it. And all the wrong. And ways. all the wrong ways too, uh, simultaneously. All always. All all equal parts, good and bad, from pornography. Um, yeah. Can't really avoid that. So hey, just kind of go go with the flow. And yeah, these sex machines were like, hey, here's this thing that is like 1200 RPMs going in and out of this woman, and there's no way a human man could ever match this. That seems really scary too. It sounds terrifying. But like I, I would not, I would not want that. That does not. No. Nope. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I've, the- I've seen documentaries of. Uh, it was a, it was like a BBC documentary of of they just followed around a bunch of uh, couples or individuals and kind of followed them through their sexual live everyday lives and it went from the very normal kind of mundane um, man on woman uh, monogamous couple all the way to the most extreme that they could find where people were like, oh, you know, I'm in love with this car, uh, which is audiophilia, which is a, a cool thing. It's not cool it's if not you a, have it, cool, I imagine. I, uh, well, there, there, I saw, I read an article where some guy was like, he had a relationship with something like 1,200 cars. Uh, he didn't go into the specifics of a relationship, uh-huh. uh, which I really wanted to know, like... Please specify. Yeah, like... Uh, <laughs> what's the who's it's and the where's like how does that go down and how do they not all get jealous <laughs> yeah i mean right like are you monogamous 1200 is a lot monogamish that's probably <laughs> above the, the average uh, <laughs> even for cars this guy was really into it so that's cool <laughs> did you watch that there's this one buzzfeed video and it's people uh, like guys trying sex toys for the first yeah, time yeah i did that's the that's the funniest <laughs> video of like how afterwards they're all kind of sad but also like it's so good <laughs> <laughs> nothing will ever yeah be better like, than like it's amazing but i'm never gonna do it again because it's <laughs> too good which is an interesting point uh especially for this kind of turing test for androids of if it if we really could do it where we could make um a human a human kind of android i can't think of the word that i'm looking for AI? Like an artificial yeah, intelligence. If we, if we could make an artificial intelligence that was indistinguishable from us, uh, and then a physical body for that thing that was also indistinguishable right. from us, and then also better because it wasn't human and could do things that no human could do, what does that say for our sexuality? Um, what does it say for our relationships with other human beings? If I could make a perfect copy of my girlfriend, am I cheating on her by having sex with that robot? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. Am that's I? something you'd need to specify. Like if it's <laughs> if it's totally indistinguishable from her in every single way, like there's no way you could tell unless you like open them up. That's just like saying that your girlfriend has a twin, and is it well, okay if you fuck the other I, one? Okay, I I guess I I would I would put a distinguish between twins because they are two individual people, and one and this is a difference between a machine that is designed specifically to be a person. Right. I, I'm not. Hey, I'm not saying it's okay or not okay. I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody or saying like, "Hey, you should or shouldn't do this." Bullshit. Uh, I'm just saying it's an interesting question that we should all think about. <laughs> of what is cheating? <laughs> well, and I mean, also, you kind of start to think about all of the bad things about sex. Like, oh yeah. Would this yeah. Help, like, would this help cut down or would this increase like the like the rape and sexual assault? The and thought I had was um, pedophiles. If you could make like this is a horrible thought that I have because I have a lot of horrible thoughts. Everybody, if you hey, guess he what? Does, it's yeah, true. strap in, kids, because there's going to be a lot of horrible thoughts in this podcast because it's just going to be me going off the hook. Especially if I'm alone, that'll get real, real fun, real quick. Or or just like unbuckle and like yeah. quietly open the door and leave. <laughs> no, no, strap in, <laughs> strap in. You want to be here for this? Uh, if, if you had a pedophile who 
the only other option is like chemical chemical castration or locking them in an insane asylum. If we could satiate their need to have sex with a child through what is ostensibly not a human being, is that okay? Is that how we solve that problem? Or are we feeding into their fantasy and then they want to go farther than that? Well, that's exactly it. I think it's not only is it feeding into their fantasy, in my opinion, but it's also kind of blurring the lines of some of these people probably aren't mentally well and it's going to start bleeding together. Like the lines are going to... Right. Could they distinguish reality from fantasy? Exactly. Uh, And obviously probably not if they're willing to do this uh, because it's a horrible, terrible thing. Um, that, that pedophilia has always really interested me because it's so far from anything I can imagine. I really don't understand like it, it's, and I it's, think that's it's the so far beyond it. my reality. It's like it's a, it's a totally another world, and it's horrible, and it's terrible to think about, and and there are terrible. Like I feel so bad for the victims of that, and it's a horrible thing. But also, how do we solve it, and is there a solution to it? And and probably not is the answer, which is the real tragedy. Uh, yeah, it's it's man. You want to know why I don't <laughs> sleep at night? It's because of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if, so reading through the article, some of the things she'll do is uh, is add links to like websites where you can buy these sex toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one I kind of picked up on. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so I went to this website, which is uh, called uh, www.stockroom.com. Um, like which kind of stock? Uh, S-T-O-C-K. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a machine called the Fuck Saw. Uh, what? Which uh, I'll show Chelsea this later, but it's uh, just a reciprocating saw that you would buy at a hardware store that has a dildo attached to it. It's $169. Uh, and it's just like a, it's just a, it's just a <laughs> reciprocating saw that you could buy at Home Depot with a special attachment on it that uses a dildo. That's really uh, fucking scary. Yeah, so hey, reciprocating... What if it fucking felt like... Okay, recipro- oh my God. <laughs> reciprocating saws have RPMs, RPMs of like 1,200 rotations per minute. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's nothing like clever about this one. There's not right. like oh this is like the Hitachi five thousand. It's like no, this is the fuck saw. <laughs> Get wrecked, lady. <laughs> it's Saturday night. I got this bottle of wine and nothing to do. Better Maybe get the fuck saw. It's like the hardcore. It's like the hardcore version of like scissoring. It's, <laughs> it's like oh, sawing. Man. <laughs> Like, I can't even fathom. Like, I don't even want to see a video of Who someone using this thing. Who wants to Apparently somebody, because it's $169, and they're sold out of them. Has it been tested? Or did they... Th- sold out is really, depending know, on the know. context, did they have one? Did they have more than one? I don't did know. <laughs> it Like, it, it's, it's not even, like, painted black or anything. It's just a Black & Decker... <laughs> reciprocating saw that you could buy at Home Depot. I feel like they could have used a better piece of equipment. There there has to be, right? Um but th- but then they have stuff like attachments that you can just attach to normal drills and stuff. It's like if you want to just DIY your own sex machines, you totally can, which sounds really dangerous and I don't think you should do this. Do it. And I'm pretty sure there should be warning labels on these things that are like, hey, this is not a great idea. What's the point of doing something stupid if you can't get a bunch of people I to don't do know. something I, stupid? I guess, I guess, yeah, you're right. We should start a cult. <laughs> we could. Yeah. As a leader or a follower, though? Uh, well, you make I'm, more I mean, money as a leader, yeah. but you have more fun as a follower, as uh, well, Creed says from the office. I'm pretty charismatic. 
I could probably get some people to do some stuff. <laughs> you probably could. Oh, man. You're very convincing when you want to be. Fuck saw. <laughs> the fuck saw. I want I want to start a metal band called Fuck Saw. <laughs> I'm sure it already exists. That'd be a pretty awesome man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys should follow uh, Tina Horn on her Twitter account, which I don't have right now off the top of my head. But because I'll pro- you don't I'll, follow I'll it. it. I do. I, I did actually follow her. I, I think she's like an amateur porn actress on the side, too. She does like... Oh, so like you do fe- follow her. She does feminist porn, which I don't know what that is. What? Uh, yeah, I'm going to Google that after this, because I'm going I'm to find out what feminist porn is. It sounds fucking awesome. Uh, it's like I'm, Is it I'm, just like regular porn? No, I'm just like I'm watching. I'm like ah, this is getting me off, but also I feel liberated and okay with it this time. Like there's no shame involved in the, in feminist porn. Like I don't have to feel bad about the girl afterwards. Right. Like, I'm not like oh man, she has like a family and stuff. I'm like no, she wanted this. <laughs> she knew what she yeah. was signing up she's, for. She's she's doing this for the society. Like she's doing this for justice. Not <laughs> fucking for justice. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think we talked about the article very much because it is a very good article. It's kind of long, but. Um, it's it it's a bit of a read. It's a bit of a read, but I think it's totally worth reading because it gets some interesting points across that totally stuff I think about all the time. And and I think having it read from a, a woman's perspective uh, is totally different and interesting. I always want to see the female perspectives on my thoughts because again, uh, I have no point of view on that. And I, I I do a lot of writing. Well, I don't do a lot of writing. I do some writing. <laughs> Uh, and I always find it really hard to write female characters because they always end up being like, "Oh, I'm so oh, oh my my word, it's, I'm getting the <laughs> they all get vapors." Real southern. Yeah, yeah, that's like the only like, in my mind that's what women are is just their southern bells, uh, and and that's I do terrible. Declare. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, my dear, I don't give a dean. <laughs> oh, community. there's going to be a lot of community references in this podcast. I have a feeling you're right. Uh, which is uh, like it's terrible for me for me to think of women like that, and I'm getting better at it. Um, as Chelsea mentioned before, I'm a, a a dungeon master for our Dungeons and Dragons group, uh, and I have and one of the characters you wrote was like a horror looking for <laughs> looking I for something. Any prostitutes? Yet. No. Okay. You're no. Okay. No. <laughs> Uh, you're talking about that woman who made that posted board note yeah, yeah. that you guys weren't supposed to follow up on. That was <laughs> Why just, would you put it there it for It was us? flavor text to make it seem like there was a bigger world than there actually is. You know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> she she like I, she wasn't a character that I had written. I just wrote this she thing that I did. put on the poster board with their other quests and they zeroed in on it like of fucking jets. And they were like, we got to find this woman. We have to find her a, um, a husband. Uh, <laughs> and fan, and I, had to, I had to make up this whole character off the top of my head and this storyline for her because uh you guys spent way too long on this character that didn't exist <laughs> to be fair i kind of indulged in it yeah at first no and i then, know and then i stopped because it got real annoying <laughs> you and your brother figured out almost immediately that this wasn't a real character but you both, you both kept going with it because you were like fuck john yeah pretty much uh being a dm is fun it, it, it lets me kind of shoot my creative side out there a little bit uh Dungeons and Dragons. I'm playing. We're playing fifth edition for anybody who cares. Um, I like writing, but I I don't find many opportunities to do it uh, just because I'm a, a really good procrastinator. So I, I can find any reason not to write. Uh, it's a labor-intensive process. Dungeons and Dragons gives me a format where it gives me confines of like, okay, this is the world. These are the rules. Write within this. 
that's awesome because it gives me boundaries and boundaries. You, to be creative, you need boundaries. That's I, I truly believe that. If you if you have nothing but time and open expanses, you're never going to get anything done um, because you have too much possibility and you can't focus on anything. That's an interesting point. I find it's tr- it's really true. I I look at a lot of creative people and it seems like they do their best work when they have confines where they have physical or mental limitations where it isn't possible for us to do this. We have to find a way to, to around this. That's where they get really creative. Um, Dungeons and Dragons for me is that where I have limitations in terms of the world and the setting and the characters and what they're capable of doing. Uh, and, and it gives me a very clear defined rule set. And within that rule set, I'm, I'm free to do whatever I want, but I have to follow this kind of guideline. And that really helps me get stuff done. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons for me is great. If you, if you guys are ever looking for a reason to write uh, or, or you just want to get some friends together and have a fun time, 5th edition kind of um, doesn't dumb it down necessarily, but it does make it more accessible, I think, to more people. So if you've ever had the inkling that maybe you wanted to try it, but it seemed too daunting, which is how I felt before 5th edition came out, uh, totally look into it. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has kind of, kind of really outdone themselves this time, I think. It's awesome. And we'll get more into Dungeons & Dragons in future podcasts, I think, as... We've only done two sessions so far. Um, it's because there's so many of I us. have eight it's players, which is way too many. Um, the games are designed between three, for between three and five people. Uh, I have eight total. We need, we need to cut some people out. Yeah, well, uh, so Sorry, it, it, it's, it's becoming clear that it's very hard to get eight people together on a single night for like four hours to do anything when they all have jobs and works and social lives, unlike me. So, you know, whatever. Uh, don't act like you don't every, kind of go out sometimes. If everyone was just a little more committed to it, I think it would work, but no one is willing to commit. So whatever, that's fine. You guys don't want to play. That's, that's not yeah. true. No, every that's time you've posted, I've been like, yep, I can do that. Yeah, I know. You've been really good about it, actually. Yeah, huh? Uh, yeah, so don't pin the shit on me, John. You're the only person in front of me, and the other ones can't defend themselves, so you're speaking for the group. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so we have way too many people. Um, so what I think is going to end up happening after we do a couple more sessions, I'm going to break them off into two separate groups, uh, which is going to involve me having to write specifically for those two groups. Uh, so it's going to be smaller kind of condensed quests that can be done in a couple of hours for four or five people. Um, Good idea. Yeah. I think it'll be, I don't think it'd be fun. The rounds are going to go a lot faster and all that kind of stuff. So I think it'll, it'll end up working out pretty well. I think Hopefully. it would cut down on some of the uh, extra stuff. Like, for instance, we all got very sidetracked by that lady mm-hmm. who had posted on the board. Um, and then it's kind of it's kind of like, well, one of us took it and ran with it. And then everyone, everyone, else has everyone, to jumped, yep. everyone jumped yep. on. And when you have eight people, everyone wants, especially eight people who all think they're funny, <laughs> like we all want to get take in our that, jokes. Take that D and D group. Oh snap! We do all think we're funny. I yeah. think most of you are. Most of the time, you guys are like. I, I think we had a lot of good laughs for the first two games. It was for sure totally fun and awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think breaking it off into smaller groups, you'll have more kind of laser focused quest lines and stuff like that, where it'll be like, okay, you guys are in this location. This is what's happening. Go. It won't be so free form. And then eventually, the two groups will meet again at some point, and we'll have a bigger. Uh, overall arching quest. Oh, so it's not going to be like Pierce getting separated from everybody? I mean, unless one of you goes ape shit and decides to start killing other players. Well, I uh, kind of want to now. I mean, yeah. Well, I can't it, now because it's I've a, told everyone. It's a, th- it's a thing I've considered and <laughs> I have plans for that kind of scenario, so don't worry about it. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that article. Um, oh, speaking actually on of that topic... Yesterday, one of my friends was showing me there's this new phone that's coming out. It's a Google Pixel or something like that. Yeah, the new Google phone. Yeah, and they have this 
attachment you put up like they're kind of like it's kind of like a goggle attachment and you put the phone yep. right in front and it and they have Netflix works for it and it makes yep. it look like you're in a theater. That's so cool. I want one. So the the <laughs> so let's get into my next point which is virtual reality or uh, let's get into video games. I have a couple of, of topics for video games. So in the last 7 months a lot of stuff has happened in the world of video games. The chief among them being that virtual reality has arrived. Praise the Lord. Uh our our Cyber future is here. You can plug into your give up machine and just let go. Uh, And And then fall down. Yeah, uh, it's great. (laughs) Um, So VR has come in a couple of forms. Um, The one you're talking about is stuff like the the Google... they're, they're, well, what they're going to have is their smartphone VR. Um, Samsung has their Gear VR, which is a similar thing where you have a headset and you put your the certain phones will fit into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, I think it's called Google Cardboard, which is a similar idea, but instead of having like a headset, mm-hmm. you get a, a cardboard box that you then fold into a headset and you put your phone into it. Oh, that's and it, easy. Yeah, it acts as a, as a 3D headset kind of thing um, where you can watch videos and, and, and do some basic VR stuff. There's no like haptic touch or anything like that you can't really interact with it uh, other than pushing a button it, it's neat um the other side of it is the high end where you have um uh, so you have the oculus rift came out on uh, the 28th of march god you've been obsessing about that for yeah. like years yeah <laughs> uh htc released the vive um on april 5th i believe and then just this past week uh playstation vr uh came out on october 13th so these are the three big high-end headsets that have come out um for virtual reality they're kind of the first they are they're not kind of they are the first wave of this kind of technology oculus was bought by facebook which a lot of people weren't very happy about because facebook has a tendency to buy new technologies and then never do anything with them right um and before yeah well they just want to take it off the market so that they can use it later if they ever ever becomes a thing which is what they do that's fine it's a good business strategy but they yeah uh the originally Oculus was kind of the flagship thing where everyone was like, oh, this is it. This is the virtual reality we've been dreaming of since the 70s um, where they they did their original release in the 80s of the of the weird, you could go to like a mall and play um, virtual dactyl or something like that where you would go into a, a arcade style thing where it was this big, huge area where you would walk around on this pad and you have a gun that you could shoot around and it was terrible. It sucked. Wow. It, it, it was awful. Um, there was there was this one anime that you showed me and it was I I only got through like one or two episodes because the idea freaked me out. I don't I don't remember the name of it, but is it Sword Art Online is that the one where he's laying down and he's yeah. attached to the thing and yeah. then he gets stuck there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty common theme in anime these days because uh, Sword Art Online was pretty popular and did pretty well. So um, dozens of those I actually have. Well, well, that'll feed into something we'll talk about later. Sorry. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, um, I want you to be participating. Yes. Um, so Oculus came out. Um, after Facebook bought it, it became clear that it wasn't going to be a purely game machine, which is kind of what it was toted as originally when they did the uh, the dev kits for it and everything like that. It was kind of sent out there as as oh, this is just going to be a, a video game thing and it's going to be for VR video games solely. Now it's it's more like, ah, this is kind of for VR video games, but it's also for other applications because VR has a wide variety of applications. People are using it to like, hey, if you're an architect, you can build a, a 3D model of the thing you're going to build and then have people walk around in it before you build it. It's really cool. I wonder if, like, have they done any testing on how like the VR like headsets and and stuff like affect your vision. Oh yeah. So uh, a, a big thing um one of the hurdles that they have to get over is that 
in order for you not to become motion sick mm-hmm. while wearing this, it has to be running at a steady, steady 90 frames a second minimum. Okay. Um, anything lower than that and the kind of cognitive dissonance between what your eyes take in in terms of visual acuity and what your brain can process. Your brain knows that what it's seeing isn't real, but it gets tricked into thinking that it is. Um, so you get motion sick pretty quickly that way because y- your head's moving around and the camera's moving with your head, um, but your brain knows that it's not really what you're seeing and there's lag is usually what the problem is. is there's lag between you moving your head to the left and your camera moving to that oh, same okay. point. So there's this disconnect between your brain and what your eye, the, like the visual information that your eyes are taking in, mm-hmm. and that makes you sick. Uh, you will throw up. But what about like long term? Well, the technology hasn't existed long enough for really us to have any tests well, long term. Well, not necessarily long term, but like say someone uses it for a month, you know, like. Well, so depending on your tolerance for that kind of thing, even the stuff that works really well, maybe you can do two or three hours before you have to kind of step out of it um okay. there are some people who don't get affected by it like uh if anybody out there follows giantbomb.com which is a, a video game website uh that i very much enjoy uh jeff gersman is one of their editors there um he doesn't really ever get sick or anything like that so they've thrown him into there for a couple of hours doing live streams and stuff and he's been fine hmm. with a variety of games Interesting. Um, but some of the other people on the staff there like they can do it for maybe half an hour that kind of thing it's getting better. Um, the problem is twofold. It's screen resolution, lag, and then the um, actual, like, how, how fast your frame rate is. So the screen resolution is still kind of fuzzy, which is, there's a disconnect there. Um, lag or latency is just the, the latency between you trying to do something and it happening on screen. And then the frame rate is literally how many frames your eyes are seeing per second. Um, and if it's not fast enough... There, there's something wrong in your head that makes it there's a not work. Yeah, uh, so it's this really interesting. Like VR is creating these problems in video games that no one has ever had to solve before, and it's really fun watching people try and figure this stuff out. Like, okay, say you're playing a first-person game where you're playing like a first-person shooter or something like that. Mm-hmm. In a normal game, you'd have a controller or a mouse and keyboard, and you'd move with W A S and D and a mouse to look around, or you'd use the the sticks on a on a on a gamepad. Right. In VR suddenly the camera is no longer controlled by the stick, it's controlled by your head, um, which means you are the camera and you are actually the person who's moving around. So if you put a character in that situation and then you try and get them to walk around using a thumbstick, your brain sees you moving forward but knows that your feet aren't moving. There's a disconnect there as well. So it's really disorienting for people because it it feels like... um, if you've ever been in a, like a really bad car accident or something like that, it feels mm-hmm. like you have no control over your locomotion or anything like that. There's a disconnect there where, again, you're going to have weird feelings. It's going to make you sick. And you're probably going to fall out of your chair or if you're standing up, you're going to fall over because um, it's crazy like that. So the way they've gotten around that right now is a lot of these headsets now come with um, controllers that are, are move controllers, basically. Um, so they're kind of like fancy Wiimotes, um, if you've never seen them before, where they're motion tracking and they basically represent your hands, which is a big thing um, that really helps with VR, is, is having a representation of your physical form. Okay. Um, but there's still no way to walk around yet. Uh, there kind of is, there kind of isn't. Uh, we'll get into that. But the way they've gotten around that is basically teleporting. So you use one of your, your controllers or your guns to point at a point in the ground and you'll teleport to that point and that's how you travel around the map instead I, of I would walking. like that in real life yeah Please yeah yeah it's awesome work on that next <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's awesome and it's a, it's an ingenious if not flawed way to get around that because it means 
you really have to think about your movement a lot more than you would in other video games because you have to be looking at what you're going to be where you're going to be moving, point at it, click a button to move there. Um, that means it's inherently slower than just walking around an environment with a control right. pad. Um, so first-person like competitive games don't really work right now. There are some first-person shooters out there that are trying to be competitive, but it's it's kind of hit and miss. Um, so let's go into the headsets. So uh, we'll start with the Oculus Rift. Um, so like I said, it came out on March 28th. Um, current MSRP is $850 for the headset. And then they just released not too long ago the um, their their version of the touch system, which is their their controllers, for an additional two hundred eighty dollars. So about uh, about twelve hundred dollars all said and done um, in Canadian dollars. I'm doing because we live in Canada. Uh, in the United States, it'll be a little bit less because the American dollar is better than ours. It requires you to have a five foot by eleven foot area to play in. So this is the other big problem with VR. Yeah. Is that the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive require you to have space to do this in, uh, which um, we're recording in my room right now. If I wanted to do that, I couldn't do it. No. Uh, my room is not big enough. Uh, my bed is in here. Like even, I would, even if you took your bed out. Even if I took all to my furniture out, yeah. I still wouldn't be able to do it. The only room in my house that I could do this in is my living room, which means I have to move my PC into my living room and set up this. It, and fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, so if you live in an apartment that isn't big enough for this or you have own a house and you have kids and stuff and a family and like people and you who don't love want you, them to touch your shit and, and like and you need space for them to live and stuff uh unless you can dedicate a room to this it becomes a big ask um so the way the oculus rift works is uh it projects basically it has a little um looks like a, a kind of webcam thing that sits on your desk and it projects IR LED lasers into the room. And then the headset and the controllers have uh, receptors on them that shoot lasers back. So that's how it tracks your motion. Is that like what they were using in Paranormal Activity? Yeah. So <laughs> so if anybody has seen the recent Paranormal Activity movies, one of them, I think it's the third or fourth one. Yeah. Um, they use an Xbox Connect as a way to track ghosts because the Xbox Connect <laughs> shoots out... Uh, infrared led lights everywhere so there's all these ir dots so they go into their their night vision mode and you can see the ghost moving through the ir dots that's pretty much what they're doing here um god damn i love those yeah movies. yeah so it is capable of, of 360 motion tracking and everything like that um i haven't heard many reports about the controllers yet because they're kind of kind of new on the market um they seem to work fine um, but most of the experiences for Oculus uh, are are not what people are looking for. It seems to be a lot of tech demos right now and not very many actual games, which is a, a big problem that VR video games actually have right now is that not many of them are actually games. That's um, dumb. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but it's early days yet. Um, it's too early to tell if this is a dead technology already. I sure hope not because it like this is the future, whether we like it or not. Um, whether it happens to be this iteration or the next, uh, it is the, going to be the next way. That uh, In 10 years, we are all going to have VR headsets uh, in our homes, just like we have phones and computers. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, it'll be the norm. Yeah, it will be. Uh, and it'll become less expensive, everything like that. Next on the list is the HTC Vive. So the HTC Vive is the high, high end. This is, this is the pinnacle of VR technology right now. Um, you're not going to get much better than this. And it has a price tag that will uh, stay in line with that. So in Canada right now, um, the MSRP is $800 for the headset and the controllers. And then it also comes with a bunch of other stuff that you need to make it work. I have seen them go um, as high as $1,800 oh online. Um, if you really want it, if you really want it and you have the space and the technology to do it, then hey, go nuts. I 
can't condone paying that much money for this product because it's, yeah, it's way too much. right? Like, yeah. It's so early on in this kind of exact, in this game. Yeah, like, like unless you want to be bleeding edge early adopter of new technology, there's no reason to pay that much money for this thing. Um, wait for the prices to come down in Canada. Uh, you, wait for the second edition. Yeah, or wait for that. Um, so <laughs> the HTC Vive requires a 15 by 15 uh, foot room. So it's even bigger. So everyone just go to your nearest gym. Yeah. And rent it out if you want to play on them. Uh, so funny you should mention that. Uh, there is a, a company that just opened up here in Winnipeg, actually. They were one of the first people in North America that has a VR arcade. Oh, my that God. That I really want to check out. Of course. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's, hey, it's an arcade, but it's not really an from, arcade. From what I can <laughs> tell, it's like a mom and pop thing where it's just this couple who have decided they really like virtual reality and they think it's the next new big thing. Uh-huh. Um, so they bought a couple of headsets and have put them into a space where you can come and rent them out for an hour or two. Um, and right now that's my best way of actually experiencing this stuff. Cause I'll be upfront. I haven't actually used any of these things yet. Um, so take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt because I, I don't actually Didn't know what I'm talking about. No, I, I, some, something that had VR with it, something that had the capability or is that just a completely different thing? That well, what Chelsea is taught, what Chelsea is talking about is I'm in the process of building a new PC. Uh, and I just got the, the 1070, which is the new graphics card and it is capable of running VR. I just don't have any of the headsets or anything like that. Oh, I just saw VR on the box and the picture. Yeah, well, they're 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 touting the the, the 1070 is part of uh, Nvidia's new GTX 10 line. Um, they have the 1080, which is their high high end, which is about a uh, about an eight or nine hundred dollar card. Mm-hmm. 1070 is a step down from that, and both of those are VR capable. Minimum recommended specs for both of these headsets that I'm talking about right now is a 980 uh, Ti, I think, which is the previous generation of the high end card. Um, and it's basically just a graphics processing unit, but yeah, I'm building a new high end PC or mid to high end PC, uh, and it will be VR capable. I just don't have the room to do this, this shit. I, I can't like, I'm planning to kind of renovate this room and turn it into a studio kind of thing where I can sit down That'd with a, cool. a couch and play video games and get rid of my bed and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it'll be easier to podcast then cause we'll have more room to kind of spread out. Um, and then maybe I could do the PlayStation VR cause it requires a lot less room, but mm-hmm. the HTC Vive there's no no chance in hell uh, um, unless like I move out of this place and get my own, apart- my own apartment or a house, which isn't going to happen. Oh, um, fuck that. Make this room your bitch. <laughs> yeah, so the, <laughs> so the HTC 5 uses what they call room sense. So basically it has these sensors that look like little webcams again that you are supposed to put up in the corners of your room and then projects um, those IR sensors onto that room in a completely 360 degree area. I'm already creeped out. It build it basically <laughs> builds an image of your room, and it's yeah. like when you have the headset on, it'll actually make like a dot projection of what it's seeing because it has a front facing camera as well. So it can actually s- while you have it on, one of the things it has over the Oculus is that you can actually see what's in front of you because the the headset has a camera on it. See, but how safe? Like how how secure is that? I don't like, know. Who can see? I don't know. Who can see all of that's this a information? that's a good question. Of, of like, hey, if I really wanted to, could I hack your VR headset and what could I do with that? Yeah. That's something that hasn't come up yet, uh, but I'm guaranteeing you it will and it's going to be fucking cool. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be Christmas card up. Johnny mnemonic. Uh, those are from last year. <laughs> okay. I, I wait a full year before I throw out my old Christmas cards. I got very distracted by a snowman. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know. I feel it's it's. No, no, it's, it's not nice to throw out Christmas cards, but I don't know when I'm supposed to do it. It's nice to have up. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, and the last VR headset is the PlayStation VR, which, like I said, came out on October 13th. Um, 
So this is the lower end of the high-end headsets. Uh, it's not quite as powerful as the other two. It doesn't quite have the same sensitivity that the other two do. You're looking at about $550 um, for the headset and the... It, so it uses the old PlayStation Move controllers, which were... It was PlayStation's answer to the Wii mm -hmm. at, at the time. Um, but PlayStation Move never really took off. So my thinking is that they have a warehouse somewhere that just has a bunch of Move controllers in it that they couldn't get rid of. And they're like, how can we use Yeah, this? <laughs> and, and they're like, well, we could build new handsets for this thing that would be better and have better motion tracking and everything like that. Or we could try and move some of these units that we've been sitting on that we can't do anything with that we're just going to go into a landfill. Uh -huh. uh, so it makes sense from a business perspective. It's just they don't have the same tracking that the other uh, handhelds do for the other headsets. Um, also, though, price compare like price yeah. wise, it makes sense, right? So if if you if you want to get into VR and you have a PlayStation Four, this is the cheapest way to do it because you if you already have a PlayStation Four, you're already invested in the system. Um, the PSVR comes up with a little breakout box because the PlayStation 4 by itself isn't powerful enough to actually do this. Mm -hmm. So it needs some other components. So you hook an HDMI cable into this, goes into your TV, and then another cord goes into this headset. Um, and then it, you also need the PlayStation camera to do this as well because that's how it tracks the, the motion of the controllers and the headset. Um, so it's pretty cool. The nice thing about the PlayStation VR is that it is directed as a gaming machine as opposed to also being a gaming machine. So the lineup of games that it came out with is a lot actually bigger than, than the other initial lineup for um, the Vive and the HTC or uh, the Vive and the Oculus. Mm -hmm. Are any of those games worth playing? Yeah, there are a handful of them that actually are. Stuff like um, Job Simulator, which is a really fun game that I can show people videos of. I'll link them in the description of the of the podcast. Um, uh, the, the big one is, uh, oh God, what the name is, what the hell is the name of that game? <laughs> uh, Res Infinite. So Res was a game that came out originally for PlayStation. I think it was PlayStation Three or PlayStation Two. I think it was PlayStation Three. Um, that was like a. It's like a music game almost, but it's like a audio visual experience, and people loved it. It was great. Hmm. Everyone who has played Res Infinite say it's the best thing that's ever come out for VR to date, and it feels like Res Infinite was built for virtual reality. They just didn't have the technology at the time to do it. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So if you're looking for an experience to kind of blow you away and kind of sell you on virtual reality, uh, Res Infinite is the way to go. Apparently, it's really, really cool. And yes, it's expensive, but if you're interested in this technology, this is what it costs. This is what you have to do. Uh, if you want to play the HTC Vive or the Oculus Rift, you also have to invest in a PC that is capable of doing that, which is going to set you back probably another 700 to $1,200 just for that computer that can, can run that, that kind of technology. But man, VR is fucking cool. <laughs> they, I've been watching a lot of streams of people playing it, and they have stuff like I like watching them fall over. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of people like I'm gonna put this on my girlfriend, and she's gonna get super sick, and it'll be really funny. I'm gonna prank my girlfriend. Those aren't so much fun for me, but the uh, the the fun stuff is like the human interaction. So they have like, hey, here's a an online chat room that's in VR, and you have avatars walking around and stuff, and it's just human beings interacting with each other in a digital space in a way they've never done before where they're doing human-like motions and they have uh, microphones attached to the headsets so you can speak to each other, that kind of thing. But it's like the audio only goes out to a certain distance. So it's actually like you're in a room with someone kind of idea where you you can only hear them when you're close to them. That still creeps me out. Yeah, it's it's really creepy, yeah. but it's it's awesome. Uh, they have they have one that I, I saw. It was like a, a community center kind of thing where you could like play pool and darts and there was a pool you could go in and everything like that. It's awesome. The first pool should have been billiards. Whatever. 
You said pool and then pool again, and I was like, what, pool? I said you could play pool and you could go into a pool. The other pool. Everyone knew what I was talking about. It's fine. Pool. Uh, so yeah, that's that's VR. That's the big thing that came out in video games. Um, I wish I could talk more about it, but I haven't experienced them yet. So my knowledge is limited to me li- watching, listening to other people talk about it and and do it. Um, I'm gonna try and get my hands on a headset some at some point. I you should go to that place. That I was really thinking about game. getting a PlayStation VR. This is probably what you're thinking about. Is I posted a picture to Facebook of like this is super tempting, and it was me sitting in a Walmart looking at PlayStation VR. Yeah. Uh, and I was super, super, super tempted to buy it. And, I and you pr- should have. I probably would have if I wasn't in the process of building a really expensive computer, um, which is draining my funds at the moment. Lame. I know, right? It's just like, John, fuck it. Who cares? It's just money. Just do it. Yeah. Be happy. Treat your yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that works out. Uh-huh. I'll probably get it eventually. Yes, you will. Uh, <laughs> it, it, for me, it would just be a thing that I could show to people. Like, I would bring it over to friend's house and be like, hey, check out this weird fucking thing. Uh, and that would be the fun. It's ex- your party trick. Th- that would be the fun experience for me. I don't even know if I would get that much enjoyment out of actually playing the things that are available. I get enjoyment out of watching people experience VR because <laughs> apparently everyone says once like you can't really understand how cool it is or what it is until you try it. But once you try it and you've had if you have a good experience with it, like if you find the thing that really clicks for you, like it's it's impossible to go back. It's impossible to to not understand why this is the future of technology and why this is the future of digital interaction with human beings. Right. Um. Like like watching games where like people are, are doing like a cooking simulator where someone they're playing together and someone throws like a bottle of ketchup to the other character and they catch it in midair. Yeah. That's really fucking cool. That, that would be cool. Like that's that's a thing that you can't ever simulate anywhere else but in VR. Yeah, or or a real kitchen. Or a real kitchen because you'd be a dick for throwing a ketchup bottle at somebody. That's fucked up. You pass yeah, it to them. Dick. Are you an animal? No. Jerk. <laughs> Speaking of animals, (laughs) really off topic here. I see you're holding your notebook. No, go for it. um, I'm teaching my cats to sit. (laughs) Chelsea's a cat person. I also can you teach cats to sit? Yeah, is she okay? So I have a new I have a new kitten, and she first gave me the idea because she's very like eager to please. Like she'll follow me around, and Mm -hmm. she just wants to like be around people. And she jumps up everywhere. So I've started, I just, I got these treats that she really likes and, and I've started to show her, um, you know, she'll get the treat if she does something. Yeah. Yeah. And she knows what's up. Yeah. And it's, it's working. She said she won't do it without the treat, but Hey, I mean like that's half the battle already. Yeah. I don't know. Cats always seem so flippant and, and kind of. Yeah, my other Nonchalant. cat doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I, I've ever seen a cat do a trick that. Well, a trick that you like commanded it to. I've seen cats do crazy shit. Yeah. Um, but never like intentionally for a treat, uh, which is cool. I think you should keep doing that, and then you should make videos of it. I'm going to. I'm going to see how far I can take this. Because you could, you could become a YouTube internet star if you had a really yeah, cute cat. Yeah, Tuna can be the next grumpy cat. Cat's name is Fucking Tuna. A. Yeah. Good for you. Tuna the cat. Yeah, She's fuck crazy. Fuck you know, <laughs> naming conventions or like being clever. Just go with it. Oh. Well, to be fair, your brother and sister—that was insulting. Your brother and sister named their cat Neko. Cat. Yeah, that's whatever. Yeah, it's their, come it's on. their lives. They can do what they want. Hey, so video games. Uh, so I, I wrote down a video. I, I wrote down some video game stuff that I'm not going to get into because you're not super into video games, and I think it would be over your head, and it's not Thanks. fair for you. That's not. That's not a diss against you. It's no, just I didn't not think your, it was. It's just not your thing. Um. 
So I was like, I'm not going to bore her with all this shit. Uh, the one video game that I, I know you have experience with <laughs> is Honey Pop. I have indeed been sucked into the world dear of Honeypop. Sucked <laughs> is the key word there. Uh, <laughs> dearest listener, if you don't know what Honeypop is, uh, Google it. Again, strap in, kids. Uh, so Honeypop is a, it's I'd say a match three game, kind of. Kind yeah. of like uh, Bejeweled uh, yeah. or Candy Crush. Yeah. Kind of, probably closer to Candy Crush. Uh, but imagine Candy Crush if you were trying to fuck ladies. <laughs> huh? Now you're interested. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> you would be surprised at how competitive you get at this game. You're uh-huh. just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to fuck that girl. So, fuck her. So <laughs> like, it, it, is, it is like a dating simulator mixed with a puzzle game, kind of like Candy mixed Crush. Mixed with lots of sexism and racism. Mixed with like aggressive, aggressive sexist and racist themes <laughs> um, that end up being kind of funny and charming in the end if you're our kind of person. Um, maybe if you're a little more sensitive, this game might be offensive to you, in which case uh, I would say, hey, uh, don't listen. Li- live your life, you know? Um, maybe don't take things so seriously because this game is hilarious and fun. Um, the reason I bring this up, so Sonic Pop is a great game that we both enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forced you to play it. Um, at first. <laughs> at first. So the reason, yeah, I forced you to play it and then you kind of took off and, and you <laughs> yeah. really, really got into it. I think I spent like four hours playing yeah, it after yeah. that. It's, it turns out it's really addicting. Like the gameplay mechanic is really good in there um, and it, it totally functions as a game by itself where that's actually pretty fun to play. And then on top of that, there's this like sleazy layer of dialogue and, Which is hilarious. and, and trying to like bed these various women from different ethnic groups and backgrounds <laughs> uh by lying to them um it's it's pretty great uh, i won't spoil too much of it because you should totally play it it's like five bucks on the uh, the the studio's name is uh uh honeypot um they've only released this game and uh, the reason i'm bringing this up is because they released one other game uh, called Honey Camp Studios. When are we going to play this? <laughs> uh, so you might want to hold on for that. So Honey, Honey Camp Studios is a very different game. Uh, it is a clicker game, kind of like Cookie Clicker. Or oh, okay. um, so you like you click on how fast they're gonna fuck. No. So Honey Camp Studios is basically uh, the the character Q, who is the love fairy from the first game, uh-huh. um, signs you on to run her new Cam Girl Studio. So you are basically running a cam girl studio by hiring the girls from the previous game of along course. with some of the other, uh, some new girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you are training them um, through like modeling agency style to be better cam girls and then putting them in the cam girl studio to make money and get fans. The ultimate goal of the game is you have 21 days to get as many fans and make as much money as you can. Right. And then you get rated at the end of that of how, how well you did. Um, the catch is that the, uh, so Chelsea, if you were running a cam girl studio, what would one of your major concerns be? cleanliness okay that's a good point <laughs> uh one of your major concerns might be the happiness of your cam girls yeah how would you go about making sure that they're happy well i wouldn't <laughs> okay no no okay um you would make sure that there's stuff for them around and so in and a, dudes okay yeah in a, in a high stress environment uh, one of the things you might do is uh feed them alcohol and cigarettes to oh, lo- lower their stress yeah yeah uh the problem is that the where's you, the drugs okay uh so 
we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> the The problem is that they they each have different levels of addiction um, to those various substances, so they all in, uh, right. kind of consume them at a different rate. So periodically, you have to send some of the girls out to to the drugstore to buy more cigarettes and booze. And if you run and out, there's like the one in the corner that's addicted to food, and they're just like, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Guys. Well, well, so that that'll feed into like all so all the different cam studios have like different fetishes. So it's like black girls or milfs or um, fart porn the or fart porn. yeah that's one of them oh please uh, tell me it is uh, cake sitting uh, there's, so there's a whole line of, of I won't call it pornography there's lines of videos where it's just people sitting in different pastries yeah uh, it's pretty great <laughs> there's this one episode of uh, Broad City and someone steals one of the characters phones and she gets it back and they find a whole bunch of videos of this girl like um stuffing food into her mouth <laughs> on camera and sending it to her boyfriend it's just like here you go honey I love you that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, very much in line with this it was um so so you have to feed them alcohol and cigarettes to make them uh, less stressed so that they'll be more successful doing their cam shows right because the less stressed right. they are the more loose they are the better ratings they're gonna get um the other way you do that is uh, by feeding them cocaine. <laughs> right. In which case you can Naturally. make. In which case, if you feed them cocaine, you can make them cam for much longer than you normally would. Mm-hmm. But it also increases their stress. So you have to get them like nicotine patches because some of them get addicted to cigarettes, and it's this terrible gross look into actual cam girl studio running where like if you were actually like a quote-unquote pimp for this kind of thing um the other thing you can do is set up private shows for private customers in a hotel uh where there is in the game or just in the game where there is a chance that your girl can contract an std if you don't give them condoms first um the thing is there's no nudity in this game and there's almost no actual sexual content because most of the, the like 99% of the game is a menu of you looking at the city and each of the buildings is like, okay, this is where they go to do the cam girl thing. Mm-hmm. This is where they go to shop for the drugs and the alcohol. This is where they, the hotel, this is where they go to a, a beauty parlor to get like, um, like dolled up. This is where they go to buy new clothes. This is so fucked up. Yeah, this is where they go to like uh, train at like a photo shoot studio where they'll right. get new camera equipment and stuff like that. And then you upgrade your camera equipment. You upgrade the number of girls you can have in your stable. Uh, in your stable? That's what they call it. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I guess from them, I shouldn't expect anything more. So it's super sleazy and super gross, but you couldn't jerk off to this game unless you really really tried to like one of the posts that the creator made is like this isn't a game to fap to yeah that's the other one yeah that's that's totally the other one (laughs) although i would argue that that one is even harder to do because it requires so much concentration that you couldn't actually do it um but yeah i was just like i was so I, i haven't actually played the game but i have watched a playthrough of it and i was so blown away by the kind of just bold faced aggressive like terrible treatment the of honesty. women like just the honesty of this yeah. is probably what it's actually like to run one of these sites to a point yeah um where you you have to like i imagine it's a hard job to do i imagine there's there's some money to be made there especially if you're in business for yourself but if you're part of one of these studios that does it uh i don't know i don't know how well off these girls actually are and that i don't think it's the girls who would be well off it's the people who are organizing everything you would, you right? would imagine they would take a, a large percentage of the cut from the from the videos and because then also yeah. like you have to do this every day probably to keep like subscribers up or at least several times a week that's got to get tiring real quick uh and damn damn it's too real damn. it's too real son <laughs> uh so yeah, it's just check that game out, guys, because you know support indie developers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And that'll that'll be it for my my video game thing, because that's all I have down. So, 
video uh, game corner. Video game corner. Um, let's talk about you some more. Uh, sure. So, the impotence for this, doing the podcast, mm-hmm. was that you are a member of a radio show here in Winnipeg. I am. It's true. Do you want to plug your radio show? <laughs> it's called What's the Narrative? It's on uh, 101.5 UMFM. Mm-hmm. And it's on Sundays at 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. Waxy's Dargle is on after. Lyle will not listen to it, so it's okay if I make fun of him a little. <laughs> um, he's crazy. Anyway, um, it's awesome. We have a we have a theme every week that well the narrative for each week yeah. that we talk about and keeps us on track. And I don't know, it's fun. I like it. I think John would do really well at it. And this just confirms my belief. And he needs to come down and start volunteering. I, I intend to. Uh, I'd like to be on What's the Narrative, if I can be, if you guys are willing to have a third person uh, on, if that's possible. Yeah. Uh, or or do whatever. Um, I, I did submit some stuff for an episode that, uh, that you guys did for first time things, I think was the, the narrative. It was like your first. First, yeah. yeah. Um, which... I had a real hard time figuring out what I wanted to do for that. I was like, what are songs that I've done for first time things? And the media is like, oh, I lost my virginity to whatever. And it's like, I don't think there was music playing when I lost my virginity. Uh, and if there Me was, either. I couldn't have under, like I, I was beyond capable of, of fathoming well, and sounds and signs outside yeah, anything exactly. else of what was happening in front of me. Um, like, it was the first song I listened to when I got my first car. I don't know. Something <laughs> on the radio that was dumb. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, it w- it was cool doing that, and then you guys have done uh, like dynamic duos and some other. We did narrative. duos, trios. We did soundtracks last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to that one. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. Um, Mine all. If, if you had put me on that show, it all would have been video game tra- soundtracks. There wouldn't have been anything else. I was gonna. P- I had prepped. Like I, I always have extra songs in case we need to fill space or something yeah. doesn't flow well together. Um, and I had an Ink Spot song, and it was from uh, Fallout Three. Yeah, or was it Fallout? Yeah, Fallout yeah, 3, yeah, it was right? Fallout Three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, it's been in the Fallout <laughs> games since then. It's been in movies but as yeah, well, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's probably most famous from Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of really meshes with that game. Didn't mesh with the sound tra- with the soundtrack show. What's your radio host name? It's just Chelsea. I couldn't think of anything. <sighs> I I couldn't think of anything special. Danny. Um, tried to tried to get me to take on the name Chelsea Sunshine. That is a mouthful <laughs> to fucking say. First of all, second of all, I am not full of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be funny though. Fucking I, piss and vinegar. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Where I appreciate like, uh, you know, DJ names. I think there's a time and a place for that. Uh, but. There are so many people who have so many DJ names. If you really want to stand out, the only thing you can really do is just use your real, <laughs> real name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Like there's one, there's one DJ. She's really nice, but her, like her her DJ name is DJ Penny Lane, and it's like that's that's cute. But like, how many other people? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got really. I mean, and the whole like mornings you go, ah, hey guys, <laughs> what it is, what it is. It's <laughs> it's me, uh, uh, nasty sauce boy in the morning. <laughs> At ninety eight point one FM, the Curl. What the Curl. fuck radio are you listening to? Yeah, it's uh, it's me and my co-host today, the Squelch. How you doing, Squelch? Oh, hey, uh, yeah, hey, uh, uh, hey, hey, NSP. Uh, how are, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing swell. Yeah, what it is, what it is, dog. You know how it is. Oh, me 
he's so horny. Oh, you know what that means, kids? It's it's three twenty-five in the afternoon. It's next twenty-five minutes. It's all Led Zeppelin all the time. All Led Zeppelin all the time. That really just makes me want to watch Parks and Rec with those episodes that have um um Crawl. I for, I can't remember his name. Um, Steve Crawl. You know who I'm talking yeah, 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 about. Yeah, oh crap. He's a really good character actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Crawl Show is something that everyone fucking should, drives should me nuts. I can't watch that it's show. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Even seeing him in Parks and Rec just drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, let's talk about something we haven't talked about yet is names for the podcast, which is something we have to, to figure out by the end of it. And we're already running. We're an hour, the fart we're cast. An hour 20. Um, so I do have some some things written down because I have thought about it. Uh, I lied about that earlier. Um, let's get through the. I feel so betrayed. Yeah, I know. You're going to get that a lot. Yep. Uh, let's go through the obvious ones. Um, the John cast, which that's a bad name and I also it sounds like a podcast for people who partake in ladies of the night <laughs> yes, uh, yes yeah, it does that uh, which could be a good podcast like i would like to interview some people who have some johns yeah who have taken part in prostitution <laughs> no uh, no you should just you should just have your show with only johns on it <laughs> <laughs> you just need to find a whole bunch of other guys named john i mean probably it's not hard it's a common name no probably not um, just open a phone book whether or not they're interesting is another thing um, so I went to the house coat cast. So this is one of the things I thought about while I was doing episode zero, um, because I was sick. I was in my pajamas. And you my always house coat. wear your house. Coat. I always wear my house coat when I'm home. I thought it would be a funny gag if I made my guests also wear house coats. That would be cute. And then I could have like a dozen or so house coats that they could choose from. I think that's I think that's good in theory, but I just don't think it's a catchy name. Probably play for audio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing but John, which still doesn't. Yeah. Uh, the podcast formerly known as John, which to be fair, <laughs> I thought of before Prince died, so you can't be mad at me In for bad that. Taste. Um, the sadness hour, because uh, <laughs> I figured I figured this was going to be honest. Yeah, I figured this was going to be a pretty self-deprecating thing if it was just me, and it probably will end up being that. Uh, I've been pretty good about not getting too, too bad about myself so far. I'm so impressed. I mean, yes. we haven't really talked about me, so you know. Um, a quest for a better John. Which that also again yeah. sounds like a prostitute's podcast where they're trying to get better customers. <laughs> you should make the podcast name just like not for prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> just in brackets. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put that in the quotations. This is a podcast. I mean, hey, if you're a prostitute out there and you're listening to my podcast, shoot me an email. I'd love to talk to you. I bet you have an interesting story. I agree. Um the one I'm kind of most fond of right now is is this is a terrible idea. Cause this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> This is a great idea, this right? Is a, this is a terrible <laughs> idea. I think you need to add the right to it. Like no. Uh, <laughs> well, I could put a question mark at the end of this is a terrible I- idea. This is a terrible idea. The podcast is what I'm, I'm, the podcast? I'm stuck on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we need to come up with a name because if I'm going to make a Facebook group and stuff, I need to know what to call it. And right. I, I don't know what to call this. Do you have any ideas? Um, you kept saying off of your sheet or off of your 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 notepad earlier, um, when you you're in your little introduction paragraph, it sounded like the name of a podcast. I forget what I said. Let me look at your notes here. There's probably nothing in there. Come on, fucksa! But you don't have anything about. I I don't know what you want. I mean, we'll have to go back and look at the tape. Fuck. <laughs> I so thought you were reading off of this. No, thing. I I'm I mean I put down notes uh, just to keep myself in line, but I didn't really actually write any notes. Oh yeah, you went to the zombie thing yet? 
Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, shit. Now I can't remember. All right. Um, that's fine. We'll move on. No, I'm very disappointed. I can't come up with anything better than farts. And frankly, that's not a very good podcast name. It's not name, a very good name. But I bet it would intrigue a lot of fucking people. I, I, I can't call it farts. <laughs> you could. It's misleading. There's nothing like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm just spitting all over this mic. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't call it the fart <laughs> cast. I, a, I guarantee you, there's already a podcast <laughs> called the fart cast. The fart um, cast. So we can't do that. So what I'll do is I'll try and come up with names, and then when I do come up with one, uh, I'll edit it in at the end. Um, after after Chelsea's gone, probably the, or the flatchick cast. Or hopefully, hopefully by the end of this, we'll have we'll have a name. I don't know. Um, Johntown, USA. Johntown, USA. Uh, so John Even Town, just John Town. John Town, USA is a thing I came up with. Uh, there was a small town in Manitoba that uh, last year, I think it was, had a total of one residence, and then that residence either moved away or passed away. So the <laughs> town became vacant uh, and up for auction. So if you had a million dollars lying around, you could buy a small town in Manitoba. I don't think it was a million dollars. It was like a, it was like a million bucks, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was less than that. It, if it was, then, then whatever, great. Uh, I remember it being as a million dollars. I don't know. Well, I'll try and find the article. It was a long time ago, so I probably won't have much luck with that. Uh, and I thought it would be a, a fun goof to to buy a small town in Manitoba and, and rename it John Town USA, Winnip- Manitoba. <laughs> I still think you should do that. Uh, I think that's a really funny thing to do. Um, and then also I would own a town, which is pretty badass, and then I could just do whatever I want with it. I, I did more research on it. The problem with it is like they didn't have like running water and stuff there, mm-hmm. um, so it was all like runoff wells. And no, not a lot of electricity, no internet. Um, so all that infrastructure would have to be built for it to be kind of viable for people to actually move in there. You could do it. Yeah, if I had like $200 million. That's what the bank's for. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> bank person. I want to buy this town. <laughs> can you give me a loan for $200 million? Why? Shut up. That's why. <laughs> Just give me the money. It's why don't you? It's not your real money anyway. Yeah. What do you care? Jerks. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> What a bunch of bastards. What a bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we can go into my... Uh, well, why don't you tell me about you? Like, what did... Wh- <sighs> in, indulge me. So, here's the thing. I don't know how to describe myself as we established in episode zero and earlier in this podcast is that um, one of the principles of writing is that if you have a good, well-rounded character, you should be able to to describe them uh, in three... You should be able to describe them without... Um, their de- appearance, their occupation, and I think there's one other stipulation. Uh, yeah, it's like what they do, what they look like, and their occupation. If you if you have a well-rounded character, you uh, someone should be able to describe them in other terms. And I find it difficult, as Chelsea uh, demonstrated earlier. Well, you just threw me yeah, into that. Yeah, I did. Um, I find it difficult to define myself in terms other than uh, I'm a nerd who like likes video games who works at the Home Depot. Um that's about it for me personally. So, are they the Home Depot or just Home Depot? It's the Home Depot. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Of- officially branding it is the Home Depot. Dumb. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're big on their branding. I don't know. Wh- I-, I don't want to talk too much about my work because there are people who work there who might listen to this, and yeah, I yeah. don't want to like throw them under the bus. And also, I'd like to have a job tomorrow, so I don't. That's wanna, cool. Hi guys. Yeah, I don't want to like 
like start shitting on my work. Um, right. No, I'm not trying to. I'm no, just no, I know. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just warning the audience. Disclaimer. Yeah, I'm warning the audience that if you're coming to this podcast for Sweet Home Depot details, uh, <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of those. If you want the the ins and outs of how that company works, uh, you can go somewhere else. Maybe when they fire me, I'll I'll talk about stuff like Maybe that. Maybe the Home Depot website. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So so the podcast is about me kind of. I guess discovering myself, which hey, also it's my birthday today, October twenty fifth, uh, which is wh- yeah, thank you, which is why I decided to kind of do it this day. It was convenient for both of us to sit down and do it, and I had all the equipment ready by then. Um, so Woo. so yeah, it worked out that way. I didn't plan it. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me something that you're gonna try to do this year differently than last year. Uh, well, I'm gonna try and get in better physical condition because I'm sick a lot and I don't want to be sick anymore. And I think if I could run more than a kilometer without feeling like my lungs are bleeding on the inside of my chest, uh, I might be I might feel better and not get sick so much. Uh, and also, I'm starting to believe that physical condition might also lead to better mental condition. Yeah. Um, I have heard this. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, and I mean, my doctors have been telling me to do this for a long time. And it's not like I'm totally super out of shape. I do some exercise and being at work, I'm lifting a lot of heavy boxes of yeah, tile and stuff all the time. Job. So there is some exercise there, but it's not enough. I need to eat better and I need to get more physical uh, exercise. So I'm trying to work on that. Um, other things I'd like to do, uh, I mean, I'm trying to put myself out of my comfort zone, which is this room that we are currently in. Yes. I have kind of constructed a life r- around being alone uh, where I c- am pretty self-sustaining. I don't really need to be around other people to to feel okay. I play a lot of video games that don't require me to talk to anybody. Uh, I See, now let's backstep. Sorry, I just hit the thing again. No, it's fine. Um, let's backstep a little bit because you said that you don't need anybody else to be happy that you can just be happy on your own in here and i don't necessarily believe i'm putting happy in quotation marks Uh i don't need anybody else to be okay uh happy is a relative term happiness is okay okay. happiness to be okay yeah i still don't believe that well again in relative terms i think i'm a functioning human being who has a now a full-time i got promoted to full-time uh recently so that's cool high five um I have a, a relatively well-functioning human life where I socialize with people at work and my friends that I hang out with, although it's a small group, I do hang out with them um, occasionally. So I'm not like a total shut-in who doesn't ever do anything. And I'm trying to be even less of that because I think I'm still a shut-in. I'm an antisocial kind of introverted sociopath and I need to stop being those things. It's interesting because when I like, I never really... Like in some aspects, I do see you as an introvert, but in most aspects, I see you as an extrovert because you're so opinionated and because because you're opinionated, you're very passionate about what you're talking about. If it's something that you're passionate about and you don't give a fuck who you're talking to. I got to work on on the whole not giving a fuck thing. I need to start giving a fuck about things again uh, because this whole not caring about anything isn't working out (laughs) so well for me. Um, I... I understand why you would say that and I I get that's how you feel about it and that's because you see me in a social group that I'm totally comfortable with that I have been with for the last over a decade. Yeah. Um, I I have a core group of about six or seven people that I'm actually friends with um, who I hang out with on a regular basis and they're the people I feel comfortable with because I know there's nothing I could really say or do that would turn them off totally from me. Uh, I think that's that's a very true true um, thing, true statement. 
I, I have trouble in other social social situations because I have no gauge of new people. I have a really hard time talking to new people about stuff um, just because I don't know what their where their limits are because I don't have any real filters or limits um, on that kind of stuff. I'll talk about anything in any fashion, even if it seems offensive to some people, which is something I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to be more sensitive to, to people's feelings about things. Um, and it has bitten me in the ass, especially when I was in like high school and stuff. Even I would say grade school more more so. Uh, it turns out that uh, like twelve and thirteen year olds don't like opinionated assholes who think they're smarter than everybody in the classroom. Um, go figure. They like dumb people who think that they're smarter. They than like everybody pe- else. They, they like people who they think are on the same level of on as them uh, and and like football and stuff. Uh, I was not that person, so. I found it really hard to interact with those people mm-hmm. and that caused me a lot of anxiety and a lot of kind of distress throughout my life. So I learned pretty quickly that if I just didn't talk a lot and I let other people do the talking, I could insert myself into conversations more kind of calculated in a more calculated manner so that I was tiptoeing around things that they might not be comfortable with mm-hmm. or, or parts of my personality that they might not be comfortable with. So I can project that onto them and then and make myself seem more appealing to them in some way, even if I still seem kind of introverted and yeah, quiet. Yeah, it's kind of like an empathy thing. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism that I've developed uh, in my life and that I've gotten too good at using. Um, I bet if you talk to people that I work with, a lot of them would say, oh, he's the quiet guy that just does a lot of work. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet that most of them, yeah. The people I work with directly, maybe not so much. They might say I'm a little, a little more extroverted or a little more out there, just because I've gotten comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And and some of the people I work with, you know, they're into video games and stuff like that. So that's always helpful to have that foot in the door. Um, well, and it is possible to be an extroverted introvert. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if you talk to most people who talk to me in my daily life, they would see me as kind of a quiet, shy person. Um, which would bring me into the uh, thing I did on the weekend, uh, which was a zombie. Uh, so if anybody out there knows what escape rooms are, um, there's this new business booming right now where people are, are building augmented reality um, kind of experiences that are part live theater, part video game, part interactive uh, experience where you get locked into a room and then you have a certain amount of time for you and your group to kind of get out of it. Uh, this was basically that. We went to a place called Adrenaline Adventures. Uh, a friend of mine from high school w- had put a group together. You need 15 people to do it. Um, so we had eight total, including me. And they had said, hey, John, you want to come do this? And me, in my effort to try and do things out of my comfort zone, said, sure, why not? Yay! Yeah. Um, so this is me making an active effort to do things that I normally probably wouldn't do because it would have been easier <laughs> for me to just be like, I'm just going to stay at home and play Overwatch. Thanks. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks. Uh <laughs> Turned out to be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird fucking thing, man. So we went to this place called Adrenaline Adventures, uh, which I've never been to before because it's like a, it's like a man-made lake where they have a zip line where you can like, uh, water water ski and stuff on it. Instead of having a boat tow you, the zip line tows you across the water and you can do jumps and things like that. Hmm. And then they have um like a a adult jungle gym is what I, I see it as. It's like an obstacle course that goes like a bunch of feet in the air and you get strapped into harnesses and stuff like that. I've driven past it, but that's Yeah, it. it seems pretty cool and I might go back there in the summer just to experience it. To, I, I, I totally do the obstacle course. I think that'd be cool. I, I don't have much interest in water sports, but uh, both kinds of water sports. Ooh, saucy. I feel like 
you really need to insert like a chirp chirp <laughs> like a cricket. I can do that I can do that I know how I'm learning how to use audacity I can do stuff like that um but so this the thing they're putting on for this is done by another group of people as far as I can tell it's just this happens to be the venue that they're doing it at and so essentially what it is, is they take 15 people um they split you into uh four groups which I didn't know before. None of us knew beforehand. So I got actually separated from my group, which was like, Dumb. oh shit. Yeah, what's the point? Uh, now I'm with five, I'm with four strangers uh, who I've never spoken to before. And I now have to work together with them to uh, solve goals. And I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. This is the worst case scenario. We're all going to die. Um, turns out it was, it was fine. Um, the pe- your team wasn't well, dumb? N- no, I won't say that. My team was stupid as shit. I okay. got stuck with people who didn't know how to do anything, and oh, I great. ended up solving all of the puzzles. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I could have done this by myself faster, uh, which is something I would totally do. If someone would let me do one of these things by myself, yeah. I would, and it would you be should. awesome. Because uh, I, I totally love puzzle solving and, and like working, like problem solving. That's totally up my alley, and I, I would totally do this. Uh, but basically, they... they like, s- totally. Yeah, totally, totally, girl. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like Becky, just give Jacob an HJ in the Bennigan's parking lot, and he's your boyfriend. It's done. We don't even have Bennigan's here. <laughs> I couldn't think of a restaurant. I don't know why I went to Bennigan's. I've never been to a Bennigan's. <laughs> <laughs> I only know I was, about Bennigan's from a movie. <laughs> I was trying to think of IHOP, but I couldn't think of IHOP. So we I don't went even have IHOP I, yet. I started. I we do. We have one IHOP. I'm pretty sure. We do not. We're getting we're, one. Oh, we're getting one. Yeah. Oh. What am I thinking of? What do we have? We have the Pancake House. Oh, there's another one. We have one that's called House of Pancakes. Yeah. But, right. that's, but it's not well, IHOP. whatever. <laughs> I'm not doing a fucking advertisement for House of Pancakes here. Unless you want to. Hey, House of Pancakes. If you want to give us some free pancakes. Sh- shout out me. Uh, <laughs> shout out your boy. I will totally. You better put them in the hashtag. I will totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't, I'm going to talk shit about your business on my podcast. <laughs> Yeah, original pancake house. Aggr- what a bunch of racists. Aggressive advertising. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they they separate into these groups and then they um, Have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah, I hate the pancake house. It fucking sucks. Bastards. It's it's bad pancakes. They're so rude. It's bad pancakes and bad service. Uh, yeah, they have this really big apple fritter pancake. Fucking disgusting. It, like like we went there one as like a one day when we were at the forks and we were all drunk and we went there as like a drunk solution uh house back when i when i drank alcohol uh and it was the worst experience ever because i already felt like throwing up and then i had the worst pancakes i've ever had in my life and i double <laughs> felt like up throwing more. up and i was like this was a mistake on all levels uh it's the middle of the day we're wasted out of our minds <laughs> and we're in a pancake house nothing good is gonna come with this Pancake House, uh, send us a message. Yeah. Hey, uh, maybe we'll retract all of this. I haven't been there in nearly a decade, so maybe your business has improved. I doubt it, but hey, prove me wrong, Pancake House. Free pancakes. The gauntlet is thrown. We'll try. The gauntlet is thrown. I will will taste test your food and then talk about it on my podcast. The ball is in your court. They're never going to hear this. I don't Uh, give a shit. 12 people are going to listen to this, maybe. (laughs) So um, they take you into this hallway, um, they blindfold you. And then they line you up so that you're shoulder to shoulder to person. So I'm, I'm holding the, the shoulders of the person in front of me. I happen to be the last person in the line of 15 people, which I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and then they walk you through a field, basically. And it, so the, the guys who are running it, it's all very militarized. Like they're like, oh, we're army guys and we're taking you to our secret facility where a zombie outbreak might be taking place and you're going to be our test subjects. 
that's the premise of this. They didn't really go into the story of it, which I was kind of bummed out about because I'm all about the story, all about the narrative. Uh, what's the narrative? What's the narrative? Uh-huh. Sundays at five. Everyone listen. Four, you Four, whatever. Bastard. It goes till five. I don't know. UMFM.com. I downloaded it on the app, so I don't actually listen to it live, so you can't blame me for that. I can. And I, I do won't. listen to it. Um, so they, they walk you through the, the basically the, the field where they have all of their well you don't know this because you're blindfolded although i could kind of see out of my <laughs> my blindfold because i kind of cheated a little bit yeah yeah um also because i i don't it i would have turns out i don't like being blindfolded <laughs> and let around like that wasn't a fun experience yeah, and then while that's happening, they they have actors playing zombies. The zombies are like grabbing at you, and they'll get in your ear and be like rawr, rawr, and and a lot of them were like, I had a hoodie on, and they were grabbing my hood and yanking on it and like choking me, which wasn't a fun thing. Like I paid like twenty eight dollars for this to be choked, to be by choked, zombies. yeah. Which I guess like they make you sign a waiver and stuff because there is a physicality part of this, um, where they're, they're like, it's a possibility that someone could get hurt just because the actors are really into it, and it turns out they're really fucking into it, <laughs> which which is good. Uh, How if, much of that is volunteer based? I would like to know. I I imagine they have to be paying these people because like the makeup was like really well done and everything like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. They probably can't afford to pay people because they're going through all of this makeup and shit. I think they make a fucking killing on this because th- there were like three groups in, in front of us, like a bunch of groups behind us. They, it looks like every day that they're doing this, they're booked. They're doing this every weekend in October. Uh, I bet that they're making fucking money on this because I I bet that they already have the facilities like the props they used weren't that expensive to make. Okay. Like it's like a, a paintball level of like like props and stuff that's going on here. So they, they walk you around this this thing. The it, It's supposed to, they say it takes about 20, 25 minutes to do, to do the thing depending on how long your group takes to solve the puzzles. They said some groups have gone as long as 40 minutes um, but usually those people... <laughs> Dummies. Yeah, usually those people end up not solving the puzzle um, which we'll get into that. Um, so they, they lead you around this, this thing for maybe five to 10 minutes. I know it's hard to tell time when I'm blindfolded and walking and there's all these noises going off and everything. Uh, you end up in this warehouse kind of environment where they sit you down on the ground and another drill and sergeant kind of comes on and starts shouting instructions at you, um, before you take off. So you're sitting on the ground next to everyone with your blindfold on and they tell you to remove your, or they remove the blindfold from you forcefully actually. And you're in a room. It's darkly lit. Um, there's like black lights and red lights going on. So there's there's like no actual sunlight or anything going on. It's at night. Uh, and they have you in this room with a bunch of, it's like maybe 20, 25 actors. And they're all zombies and they're just wandering around. Uh, and then they explain to you what you have to do. And I don't know if I should ruin this for anybody. Hey, if you're going to do this, if you're going to go to Adrenaline Adventures and do this thing, um, stop listening for the next five or ten minutes because I'm going to spoil this for you. Because uh, I don't think Chelsea's ever going to do this. No. No? Okay, cool. <laughs> it's uh, already causing anxiety yeah, for me. Uh, so they have you in this room and it explains to you, okay, there are three cages on the ground in front of you, and there's a, a zombie in each of the cages. There are four keys, two on either of the side cages and one in the middle. You have to get the keys out of the cage um, and then give the keys to the drill sergeant. So everyone rushes to the cages, uh, and we kind of split up into the groups or whatever, although everyone's kind of all over the place at this point, and you kind of right. lose track of your group pretty quickly. And then we're all looking around. It's super dark. You can't really see. People are trying to find the keys. They should be in the cages. We don't know if they're on the zombies or whatever. And I immediately spot a key in the cage that I'm in front of. And there are people on the other side of me that are trying to like, they, they can't see it. I'm the only one who sees it. I'm like, okay, just get out of the way. And I push them out of the way. I get on my on my back and I reach underneath the, the cage. I grab the key. The zombie starts grabbing at my arm and starts like trying to bite me and shit. Uh, and I grab the key out 
and and I, I have a key. I give it to the guy. He's like, okay, we need three more. And then it takes another maybe five, ten minutes for the other groups to find the other three keys. Oh, I was going to say, did you go and get all of the keys? No, I could have. But, I could but, imagine you but, doing that. Yeah, I, I really wanted to because um, I get really possessive about these kind of things yeah. where I'm like, just get out of my fucking way. I can do it. <laughs> uh, and But I but I didn't want to ruin it for everybody else. Yeah, no, like, in just, a zombie apocalypse, I am totally finding you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I'll just let you like go ahead and get the keys, John. Well, I made it very, I made here. it very clear to our group that I would be willing to sacrifice any and all of them if it meant my survival. <laughs> uh, I, I was like front up, I was like upfront about that, where I was like, well, yeah, I will, I will straight up abandon you guys as soon as I have the opportunity to do so, because uh, I don't need you guys. <laughs> so hey, um, so after all the keys are found, yeah, they're like, okay, uh, there's this table over here, and there's a, a dead dude on the table. Right, and they're like, "Okay, it's a dead zombie." Uh, you guys all watched The Walking Dead, and we're like, "Yeah, we watched The Walking Dead." It's like, "How do you avoid the zombies of Walking Dead?" Well, you cover yourself with a zombie shit. We want you guys to cover yourself with zombie shit. So there's a, a dead corpse on the table, and its guts are all open, and there's blood everywhere. Everyone walks up one by one, takes guts and and blood and stuff, and rubs it on their faces so that the zombies won't attack us anymore. Right. And I'm like, "That's a cool touch," uh, but now I have shit all over my face. Yeah. <laughs> How am I gonna drive home like yeah, this, guys? Yeah, like it's, it's dark. I don't know what this is. It smells kind of vinegary. I assume it's just fake blood. Um, like, what if you had an allergy? I don't know. I, I assume they thought of that, but maybe they didn't. But they just don't give a shit. Because it doesn't... Fuck you, it, you it, signed the paper. It, yeah, it doesn't seem like they would actually give a shit about that. Now we that you have your money it. already. Uh, yeah, because it seems like something they would just do. Um, so I put all the shit on me and whatever, and then we each... So there's four rooms. We each get assigned a room. The key opens the room. We have four keys, four rooms. Right. Um, the room that my group goes into is a bathroom. It's very poorly lit. There's like a, a construction light in one corner of the store, and that's the only light in there. Uh, and it's just kind of shining out in directly in our faces and there's a mirror on one wall and then a bunch of stalls on the other wall okay. uh the group immediately goes over there's a a thing written in the mirror or there's like a, a post-it board on the mirror that says uh, uh what did it say it says uh find the uh find the light find the answer and then it has a number eight written beside it and it's like okay it's a cryptic message that we have to solve how do we do that well basic lim- process of, elim- of elimination we search the room so i just go immediately one stall after the other punch them open Last one, there's a zombie inside of it. Is that the eighth stall? It, yeah. Well, no, it was It was like there was six stalls total, oh. I think, and it was the last one closest to the door. Um, and the zombie walks out, and because we're wearing all the shit, she kind of ignores us as long as we don't get too close to her. But if she gets too, if you get too close, she'll kind of grab at you and, and do some stuff like she's acting the mm-hmm. whole way through. And they're really committed, and I really commend these actors. Like, they really did a good job of that. Um, they were really, really into it, and it was fucking fun to watch them walk around, even if it was kind of silly because... The problem is in my head, I know this isn't real, so there's no, like, I've never scared at any point. Right. Because I know even if they, like, do something aggressive, they can't really hurt me. Yeah. Legally. Um, like, they can't really bite me or anything like that. And it's like, yeah. But they m- can because you signed a paper. Th- well, they could possibly. And they also didn't set up a mechanic where you could, like, die. One of the things I, I forgot to mention is they, they duct tape um, uh, newspaper to your arms. And they're like, this is your only defense mechanism. So if a zombie comes at you, you have to use your arms to kind of block them away and they can rip at the paper. And that's supposed to be them like ripping at your skin kind of idea. It's silly, but it's the only way they could get the, the actors to kind of interact with you without like ripping your clothes and shit. Yeah, that's dumb. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, th- but they never set up a, a mechanic where like, oh, if the paper gets all ripped off your arms, you're dead and you have to leave. Yeah. That never happens. Um, no one ever gets kicked out as far as I can tell. There's um, got to be a loser. Like there's. Well, so they'll they'll get to that. Um, so in the last stall, it's everyone who paid. <laughs> in the last stall, in the back of the stall door, there's a black light, and I'm like, okay, black light, and they're like, oh, what's that? And they like the group didn't know what it was. I'm like, oh, it's a black light. And I turn it on, and it shoots out the purple light. And they're like, oh, it's a black light. How do we do this? And I'm like, 
uh, guys, come on. Uh, look, this is basic one-on-one video game shit. Yeah. Uh, turn off that light over there, and then we're going to go around this room and Shine find the things that are... The, so it turns out there's eight words written on the walls in this place, and it makes a, a sentence that we have to repeat to the sergeant guy to get out of the room. I'd like them to be in like the in like a saw movie yeah because like they that, die that would be cool because uh, they, <laughs> they wouldn't have they wouldn't have made it through um so they do help me figure out the sentence that we have to say we say the sentence guy tells us okay you guys are the first ones out of your room go help the other groups so then we proceed to the other rooms and we go one by one helping them solve their puzzles most of them you helped everyone solve yep. their puzzles most oh of them my God. well okay so most of the groups had, had, had basically already figured it out by the time we got there um they were just kind of in the last bits of two of them were like word puzzles where they had like a code written on one of the walls oh, okay. in, in like a and a weird dot code. Yeah. And then you had to find... Decipher the, it. You had to decipher, find the, the letters that were corresponding to these codes that were written in the room somewhere. Yeah, that would take a little longer. Yeah, so it took them a little bit longer to figure that stuff out. Um, but once we got in there, uh, eventually everyone leads into the last room that's, that's left that hasn't solved their puzzle. So all 15 people are in that room. Um, we eventually find out what the puzzle is and we figure it out and we do it. And then the guy tells us, okay, um, the next part is uh, you guys have to go out uh, into this room into the into the main room now um there are four lock boxes on the top of the cages that we were at before uh there are four zombies out there that have keys on them somewhere you have to find them so he opens the door all 25 of the zombies are now walking around in a slow circle around the room and we now have to go zombie by zombie searching them to find keys i find the first key (laughs) yeah of course you do i I was around one i'm sure like they were just like it's a it's around it's around one guy's <laughs> neck. I immediately like well not immediately. It took me a little while because I'm I'm searching through Just every zombie. Uh, well, so I try to grab it and he and he kind of bats at me <laughs> like as soon as I try and go for it, right? So you kind of have to like ease it off of him like very subtly to get it off him. Go and open the open the cage, uh, and then the other other people find the other keys eventually. Open it. There's another word puzzle. It's an anagram. We have to figure out what the word is. We do. We complete it. We win the game. That's it. He then told us that uh, out of the number of people who have done it, 22 groups have succeeded at this, and we were one of the 22. 22 of? he. I think he said like 104 or something like that. Or or some, I forget what he said out of, out of how many groups So it then was. what happens? Like the people who don't complete it, they're just like, we oh yeah, you guys took too long in those fucking puzzles, so okay. we're just going to move you on to the next thing? Or is it just like, yeah, here's the door, pal? Pretty much. As far as I can tell, yeah. Um, so the, the last thing that happens is he's like, okay, now you guys have like five minutes to take selfies with the zombies if you want to. If, if, you, if you want to. Okay, so that sounds lame. You, eye you, roll. you rolled your eyes. I'm going to make a sound effect for eye rolling. You know, it was like, that was like... We're going to slide whistle. <laughs> that was like uh, the Liz Lemon big eye roll she does <laughs> in 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah, so th- they do that and it's and whatever. And But then about a minute after he says that, he's like, okay, the great thing about my job is that I get to lie to you. And then the zombies all rush us. And this is the coolest part. So me and this other guy, Joel, who uh, is in front of me, uh, we just get tackled by five zombies. He's in front of me and they just push me into a wall and they like actually like physically get violent with us. Mm-hmm. And they've told us before that the way out is there's an elevator at the back. And we, the two of us happen to be closest to the elevator. So as soon as we get free of them, we like push them off us. We 
just jolt for the fucking elevator. We yeah. don't wait for anybody else. We're like, no, we're going. The door's locked. I'm like, oh, God, I get it. And I unlock the door. And then we get through the door. Um, and I'm the first one there. So I hit the, the, the button on the on the elevator. And then we have to wait for the elevator to come, come down. Mm-hmm. And by that point, more people have come in into the room. Uh, and there's a girl in our group who's standing right in front of the elevator doors. Dummy. And, and she's like texting on her phone because like we just, we just completed the thing. She's like Facebooking it and like sending selfies and stuff. And I'm like... Hmm. She has never know, played a video game I know what's, ever. I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So I grab her by the shoulder, and just as the doors open, I pull her out of the way. And there's and a, a zombie. There's a through. zombie standing on like you know the armrest in an elevator. Yeah. She's like standing there, and she leaps out of it like full force and tackles like four people to the cool. ground. If that girl had been standing there without yeah. that scene, like she would have got whiplash or something. From it. I was like, I know exactly what's gonna happen. And then we all get in the elevator, and the elevator dings that there's too much weight, and then we go anyway. Uh, and then that's it. And then we go back to the bar and hang out for a little while, and you can take photos of the zombies. And that was cool. the whole thing. It's an interesting experience. Uh, I think there are problems with it. Um, a, I think the puzzles are too simple. It was way too easy for us to solve them. But if I get that, that many people. I get couldn't. that they're trying. I get that they're trying to do lowest common denominator and reach the the most amount of people. Yeah, that's not what I want. I <laughs> want the hard shit. Fair enough. Like I re- I really really want people who are into this. I really yeah. want to do puzzle rooms now because this has really sparked me to do that. Uh, and I really want them to be difficult. Like I want them to be like, okay, you guys have an hour. You're gonna need every minute. Um, that's what I want. Uh, I realize that's unrealistic for most people, but I, I really I really want a challenge out of that. So hopefully I'll, I'll be able to find one of those and do that. Uh, if you're there in the, are tons of those here. Yeah, yeah, they're popping up all over the place. Um, there's a bunch of cool stuff happening in L.A. and New York City right now where there's like live theater productions. There's one I saw that was uh, they had found an abandoned hotel that they fixed up just long enough. They did it for like one or two weekends, mm-hmm. um, just long enough to use it. And it's a it's a dinner party basically, and so you have a big group of people that come in for a dinner party. But then there are actors all over the hotel who at all moments of the dinner party are acting out specific scenes and your goal is to walk around and just experience these but you there, there's no way that you a single person could see all of it in a single night oh, okay so if you wanted to like the guy who i listened to on a podcast he was talking about it uh he immediately broke off from the group and went his own way and found like a basement cellar where there was a, a couple of there was like four guys playing a card game cool it wasn't poker he wasn't sure what card game it was but he sat there for like a good 45 minutes watching them play and every once in a while some one of them would put down a card on the table and they would all go <sighs> kind of sigh and one of them would grab the card go over to a wall and stab it into the wall with a knife and then they do they they reset every i think it was like every 45 minutes okay. and you go back to the, the the main hall and they do it again but it's slightly different every time and they do that like three times mm-hmm. So there's like a narrative going on in the whole hotel and there's like some supernatural element for it. He wouldn't spoil it for anyone because anyone who wanted to do it, you wouldn't want to know about it. Right. But it sounds cool as shit and I totally would totally want to do one of those. Like um, totally. Totally, totally, you guys. I'm saying totally a lot. Totally. Fucking stupid John. I hate you so much. No, you don't. <laughs> um, What else can we talk about? We're almost at two hours. That's pretty good. It's not bad for the first uh, first episode. I feel like you have so much that you just want to get out. Well, I, I I I was worried about running out of content and stuff to talk about. Uh, other stuff that happened during the week or during the last seven months. Uh, I said we played the two first two games of Dungeons and Dragons. That was cool. Yeah, the full time promotion. That's pretty much that's pretty much it for my last seven months, which is pretty boring. Um, other video game stuff. Um, anything new coming out that you've been playing? Well, um, so the big things that came out recently were uh, Pokemon Go, which 
which we can talk about if you want to. But are you playing it? No. <laughs> uh, I played. Right, I play. I played it for about two weeks. Uh, it's not a game. It's nothing. Uh, there's there's nothing fun about it. It sucks. Um, there's nothing very much Pokemon about it about it other than the characters are in it. Um, but no part of the actual Pokemon games is inside of it. There's nothing. There's nothing fun there. Um, it's a it's a walking simulator that isn't isn't even a good one of those because the step counter cheats. Um, like, like yeah, what the what the fuck, what the fuck, Nintendo? I uh, didn't I didn't play it when it first came out, and then I played it for like a day, and I was like, nope, fuck this. And then I downloaded it again like a couple weeks ago, and I had it open a little bit. And it was like, okay, yeah, I see the novelty in this. And then and then that was it. It's 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 so much a nothing thing. And I get why it was such a fad at the beginning because there's this nostalgia nostalgia factor and it's this cool community thing. And that part of it of like going to a park and seeing a bunch of people walk around and do this dumb thing, that's interesting as like a social experiment. But as a game, as a as a game that is supposed to be fun to play, it fails on every level of that. For sure. Uh, and like I the big thing I did is I went to the zoo. Um and I walked around the zoo and collected Pokemon. That was how I played that game, and that was fun for that one day. Like, the zoo is already fun in and of itself, especially now that we have a bunch of new exhibits, so like the polar bear and stuff, which are really cool. They left. Did they? Yeah. Oh, did they get rid of the dinosaur exhibit too? I don't know. Oh. But I know that there was a big thing about the polar bears leaving. Oh. Well, when I was there, the polar bears were there, and there was a, a dinosaur exhibit that was really cool. Um, everyone should go check out the, the Winnipeg Zoo. They've done some pretty good renovations there recently, uh, and, and I think it actually makes it a lot more fun. Um, but yeah, doing Pokemon Go there was interesting, um, and made the zoo a little bit better, but... Well, there's so much walking with the zoo, I mean, Exactly, that's kinda, exactly. Yeah. It, it makes sense to do it there, but that's, like, the one occasion that I can think of do it. I, I could maybe see taking a group of friends and going to, like, Kildona Park or something like that, and walking around there for a little while to catch some Pokemon. That's fun maybe once or twice, and then it's not fun anymore, and just doing it by yourself, like, it's... It just isn't a good game. And, and it I drains it. your goddamn battery. And also so that, fast. like, go go buy like uh, an external battery pack for your phone because guess Fuck what? That, yeah. um, I'm not spending any money to fucking play Pokemon nope, Go. Nope, nope, nope. Um, and and the the really sad part thing is I don't think there's anything they could do to that game to make it interesting for me. I don't think there's any part of it that's fun for me. And there's nothing that I want to do in it that's like, oh yeah, this would be really cool if if they just added this or 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 changed this that game doesn't have the mechanics or the longevity to really make it fun, so I'm, I'm fucking done with that. <laughs> um, the other disappointing video game that came out was No Man's Sky, uh, which I don't know if you remember. It's that big space simulator that has like 18 quintillion planets in the most massive universe ever created in a video game. Nope. Okay, so the, the idea behind No Man's Sky is that you are a space-traveling creature. They never really show you what you are. You don't know if you're a human or a robot or something like that. Uh, and your goal in the game, uh, a disembodied voice tells you that you have to get to the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a massive universe, um, like truly, truly, truly incredibly big. And that's the selling point of this game is the vastness of it. Um, like I said, 18 quintillion planets, and they're all about the size of the Earth and bigger and smaller, and they have atmospheres with plant life and animals that have been randomly generated on on them. Hmm. Um, you'll never go to the same planet and find exactly the same animal or anything like that. Uh, and you go to the planets, and then you can scan the animals and the plant life, and it, it logs them in this kind of codex, uh, this universal codex that everyone is working towards. And that's how you get money, which is how you buy new ships. And then you also do mining and stuff like that. The problem is, uh, that's all you do. And once you, s- so I spent, uh, I, I played the game for about six or seven hours. 
I spent a good two and a half hours on one planet, which is the longest I've spent on a single planet. And then I quickly realized at the end of that that this is it. Like, that's the whole game. It's as far as it goes. This is this is it. Like, the, the scanning the animals, collecting resources, flying your ship, um, collecting resources so that you can have fuel to fuel your ship, and then you can upgrade your ship to have better guns and better whatever, and there's space combat if you want to partake in that, but it's not particularly fun. Um, that's it. That's the whole game, front to back. Uh, and then you can get to the center of the universe if you follow a critical path that the, the computer shows for you. Um, it is amazing conceptually it is amazing in the scope of what it uh, tries to achieve mm-hmm. and the fact that it was done by a team of like 12 people uh is incredible it really is it's, it's a very small team very small game uh or game development cycle for it um and what they accomplished in that time with the amount of people they had is is admirable and i don't feel bad about buying the game but it's also not the game that we were kind of told it was well and it's not really an original idea it's not either. it's 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 minecraft meets star um like star wars uh it i don't know it just there's there's not enough of it there to make it compelling to go back to and i i see it on my dashboard on the ps4 every time i scroll past it i'm like oh i should really go back to no man's sky and play again but every time i do that i get bummed out and i'm like Oh yeah, this is it. I've already <laughs> it done this. It yeah. doesn't go anywhere from here. Like like the scope of it, they said like the number of planets that are are generated in this thing. If you wanted to visit each of them, uh, if you spent one second on each planet, it would take longer than the life of the of the universe to do it. The heat death of our actual universe would happen before you could explore every single planet. <laughs> that's you you poo poo that, but it's. <laughs> That's an incredible achievement. No, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but like, why? Why? Exactly. That's why? The, that's the point of like, okay, that's cool. Um, but what do I do on these planets? Well, well, the same like same four bullshit. The same four things. The same four things. Every ones. time you go to this planet, it's like, okay, well, I used the fuel to get here, so now I have to go mine more of that fuel. Hopefully, it's on this planet. If it's not, you're kind of fucked. But but it usually is on the planet because it's a common fuel, so it's a common element. Um, but it's like, man, just bum me out because. I love the game conceptually and what it what it uh, strives to do, but it never really achieves any of the things that could have made it truly an incredible game. It it should have been the game of the year this year by a wide margin, but it falls so short of that expectation that it's hard to look at it and be like, oh yeah, I can I can justify why someone should purchase this game. You shouldn't you shouldn't buy this game uh, unless you unless you're like me. I I would still probably buy it even knowing what it is now just because I want to support this team and what they tried to achieve because I think it's a neat idea that should be received well. Yeah, but it's a neat idea that they didn't do well. Y- yes. Okay, fine. That's a good point. Like, hey, I'm going to support this idea that you had, but, you know, you're never going to fucking do it again because you <laughs> didn't do it right the first fucking time. Um, so here's my money. Yeah. Uh, like, these are all good points, and I can't argue with them. <laughs> um but it's it's like there's some there's some there's a kernel in there of greatness that I can see that makes me feel like I didn't waste seventy dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the other thing is it's a full price retail game, which it shouldn't be because it's it's not for that. No, this is maybe a thirty or forty dollar game. Um, so if it ever goes on sale, I would suggest picking it up at that price just to see it. Uh, I don't think I'm ever gonna get to the center of the uh, of the universe because I don't. I don't think I can I can spend that much time on it because um, it would just become so systematic of me like, okay, I have to go get the fuel, get the fuel, get off the planet, get to the next star system. That doesn't seem like fun to me. I have other games that require my time. 
um that's that's yeah that's not gonna happen so that's that um did you this is off uh, uh off topic um did you ever watch broad city I think I suggested I did, yeah. that to you. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I I, I watched it um, bits and pieces. I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh. I think they, they've done two seasons now. Yes. It? I think so. I, I watched um, the first couple episodes of the, of the first season and then fell off it for some reason, but I really enjoy it. I think it's really, really funny and really smart. I love that show. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, any, anyone who's interested in that kind of thing, if you like kind of louis style show of like lucky louis like louis ck's uh-huh. show yeah. i don't know if you've ever seen it but it's very similar to that except it's from a female perspective and it's it's fucking awesome um it's so great it's so witty and raunchy too yeah it totally I, I love that and i especially like that it's two funny women because you're like it's there's like, always there's always such a such a big thing about women in comedy about women in comedy yeah. and i just i didn't even think about it like i just no. i really enjoyed that show it's it's like workaholics with a female cast totally yeah totally. um and and that's about the highest praise i could give it because workaholics is an ingenious show it's pretty great. <laughs> um yeah I, I totally totally get a recommend from both of us on 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 both of those shows actually um i want to watch atlanta i haven't seen that one yet yeah it, is that the donald glover yeah. yeah that's the one he produced apparently and he stars in it uh I think he's like a side character. I don't know. Uh, from what I, I heard, heard that he was from, in from it. what I heard of it, he is in it, but he's like the brother of the main character or something oh, okay. like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, apparently, from what I heard of it, it's like the, people are saying it's like the best show on TV right now. Like it's going to win Emmys and shit. And didn't Donald Glover just get cast in um, uh, Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. In in one of the the Han Solo spinoff movie, he's going to be, be cool. he's going to be Lando Calrissian, <laughs> which is funny because in one of his songs as Childish Gambino, he references Lando Calrissian. Yeah. And it's like. This couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> uh, Donald, it could Donald only Glover, be more more perfect if he was Spider Man. I think I speak for both of us <laughs> when I say Donald Glover is one of our favorite people and one of our favorite actors totally. and one of our favorite musicians. Um, Childish Gambino is probably my favorite rapper. Um, yep. uh, I really love his work, and as an actor in Community and everything he's done since then, uh, even back to he before he did this, he had a. a, a a YouTube, uh, YouTube channel? Uh, comedy Derek, trio called yeah. Derek Comedy. You should check out their stuff. Um, they're really, really funny. Donald Glover is an incredibly intelligent, well spoken. The one where he poops his pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it doesn't sound like when I say incredibly intelligent, and then <laughs> the one where he poops his pants is like a follow up for that. But that's fine too. You it's know? a really good one. It's good. I like the. I think. I think it's the one where it's like Thomas Jefferson is like a time traveling. Yeah. Like he's like a time lord. <laughs> uh, that one is really, really, really funny. Um, and then they they made a movie called Mystery Team, which was them being like three kind of goosebumps style mystery team kids who solve mysteries but then they, they, they grow into their adults and then they have to like solve a murder <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's really fucking funny um i i don't know how you find that movie anymore i think it's probably online only you can buy it from their probably website or something website, like that exactly. uh, i don't i don't know if it ever i think it came to like limited theater release um but that was a long time ago i'd be surprised if it made it that far i i think they was like select theaters who show those kind of movies were like oh this is like an indie thing that we're going to show gotcha. and then those kinds of people came out and saw that i never actually saw it in theaters i just downloaded it online um but yeah everything he's done i can't recommend enough um this this is not going to be the donald glover jerk off cast i'm i'm we can't do that. <laughs> we could. It's not a podcast just about blowing off Donald Glover because he's so cool. Um, that's not what this is. This is a podcast about me, goddammit. 
Maybe that's the title. I came up with a new name. Maybe that's the title. <laughs> this, is, this is a podcast about me. God damn it. This is my podcast. Mine. Damn it. You can't take it from me. My cold dead hands. <laughs> we really didn't come up with a name. Boy. Boy, did we not come up with the name. Um, <laughs> let me look. I made some notes, but I didn't look at them until uh, now. My notes kind of get random from here. One of the notes I have is just a uh, bubble cop. <laughs> which uh, working at the Home Depot one of the great things one of the only great things about working at the Home Depot uh, yeah. I won't say that there's lots of benefits one of the benefits is that you get to do a lot of people watching and it's, I, it's, I love that about so working retail there are, there are two things that you really get to do uh, at Home Depot is one you get to watch people's relationships break down in front of your very eyes mm-hmm. uh, we should have a marriage counselor on staff because <laughs> I, I have seen just marriages just start falling apart uh, right in front of me and it's terrifying and hilarious at the same time the other great thing is you get to watch kids um, because kids, you shouldn't bring your kids to the Home Depot. It's not a fun place for kids. Don't There's bring your kids to my pet store either. Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> your personal preference against kids. Uh <laughs> There's nothing fun or interesting to do for children at the Home Depot. Um, so a lot of the times it's uh, put your kid in the cart and if you have an iPad, put the iPad in front of them and they'll entertain themselves. That's bad parenting, I would argue, but uh, also that's the only way around the Home Depot problem. So uh, <laughs> this kid was in this cart and he's um, he's just speaking nonsense. Like he's not talking about it. He's just like blah, 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 blah. But he's, he's old enough to like form words and sentences and everything, but he's not really talking about anything. Right. And I'm like kind of helping his parents with something, but I'm also very intently listening to his conversation with himself because I don't know what he's talking it's about. It's very interesting. But it's yeah. very interesting. And at <laughs> one point he just kind of stops for a few seconds. He's like, I hate you, Bubble Cop. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I want to know more about Bubble Cop. Who is Bubble Cop? What is he? Is he a, a cop made of bubbles? Does he does, does he, he police does bubbles? Does he solve what? bubble crimes? Does his gun made out of soap? I don't know. Is he in a bubble city? My my mind is racing about Bubble Cop, <laughs> and I I just I wrote I, I just immediately pulled out my phone and wrote down Bubble Cop because I want to know more. In front of the customer, I'm pretty sure Bubble Cop is a thing that this kid made up in his own head. Well, and doesn't I don't know. Exist. There's this that reminds me. There's this show that I know that's called Bubble Guppies. And bubble, I'm thinking bubble guppies. Bubble guppies. My cousin really likes it. He's he's young. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has gone off the rails officially. We're talking about bubble cop. <laughs> Maybe we should wrap it up. Uh, we need to come up with a name first. We do. I, I wrap it up. I don't know. Well, we we can we can discuss names and then edit out the part about where, where we discuss names. Suck it, nerd. Suck it, nerd. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> I I don't want anything too aggressive because it's gonna turn people off from actually listening. To I don't it. think so. I would I would listen to that. Suck it, nerd. <laughs> Nerds. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna start writing down ideas. Um, yeah, we I, I can edit this down so that people don't have to listen to the boring parts where there's like long silences. <laughs> Suck it, nerds. The fart cast, which <laughs> winner. No, I don't. I can't. I just can't. You can if you try hard enough. I can. I can put. You the, can if you believe you can. I can name. <laughs> I can put the title of the episode as the fart cast. I think so far the the top episode titles are going to be nasty sauce boy or the fart cast. <laughs> so let's think. I, uh, I still like John Town. John jo- Town. John Town, USA. Manitoba. Uh, <laughs> that's not bad. It's definitely the best one so far. I I want to try and get the the self improvement angle in there somewhere. Mm. Um, like the quest for a better John, is is dumb, but it's in line with the kind of dumb that I'm okay with. Um, Instead of like finding Amy, finding John, finding John. Again, see the problem is every time you say it, it's like prostitution is right there. <laughs> uh, so if my name was just not finding John Lilick. Yeah, finding Jonathan, but then that's too long. 
I don't uh, think finding Jonathan is too long. Saving John Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but no one calls you Jonathan. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Finding Jay. Christine calls me Jay. I know. My sister's name is Christine Podcast. Um, she's probably going to be a guest in the podcast at some point. She's uh, pretty great. Cause Hi, Christine. Hi, Christine. <laughs> um, she's probably one of the people listening to it and probably has some stuff to say about me. So... I think I mean, that she'd be the best person. Yeah, to talk we to spent like our that. entire lives together, so she probably has some insights about who I am as a human being, um, more so than than probably anyone else. Um, not sure if she'll be in the next episode or or, or what. Um, in the future. In the future, at some point, we'll try and work out our schedules. Mm-hmm. I really want to get my friend Travis in here as the next episode because oh he's, he's my best friend, <laughs> and I think we should ha- we could have some fun. <laughs> that is a p- that w- that is an episode I would we listen can have to. Some fun. Uh-huh. Probably be really gross. Though. Yeah. There were other topics I wanted to get to, but I mean, at this point, we're over two hours, so you know, I want. I well, it to depends on how what you're what you want to edit out. If there's topics you think are less than whatever, like I'm here, whatever, we can talk about all this stuff, and then you can re-listen to it. And um, we could talk about anime, but I don't, I don't think we need to go any farther than this. I think I think that's good. Uh, we're at two nineteen right now. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to this for the first time ever. Uh, Chelsea and I are gonna keep trying to get some names down, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up because I think maybe a two hour podcast is even maybe a little bit too long. So maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna probably pare it down a little bit, cut out some of the pauses and some of the stuff that isn't important, and we'll get to the good shit. And I think there is some good shit there. I'm pretty happy with this so far. We'll have to see how it goes on the on the on the watch back or the the listen back. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. Um, thank you, Chelsea, for showing up. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you again. Uh, and thank you for being my first guest ever. You're and welcome. also thank you for executing producing this podcast. You executive produced the shit out of this one. Yeah, yeah I did so uh, good. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that you get uh, get credits in every episode. Sweet. <laughs> if if I ever make money on this, um, you're entitled to 15 percent of whatever I make. Deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, want to plug anything? Are you on Twitter, Facebook? Can people reach you? <laughs> Do you want people to reach you? I don't give up. No, I'm just kidding. Um. What's the narrative on Facebook? Search it up or facebook.com slash what's the N. Um, or you can go umfm.com mm-hmm. and look us up there or listen to us Sundays at 4. You can also download the app to listen to the uh, all of the UFM lineup um, straight from their app. It's all live. So if you want to check into some uh, local radio and you don't have a transmitter near you or you're just doing it off your phone, you can do it through the app. Yeah, uh, I, I downloaded it and that's pretty much how I listen to it. There are some pretty cool shows that I think people who would listen to this podcast would like, such as... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to list them all. But uh-huh. there's one that's like video game music. And there's one where they just talk about TV. I don't know. They've got good stuff. Uh, you guys just did a fundraiser too. How did that go? Um, yeah, we did Pledgerama 2016. We're raising $32,000 was the mm-hmm. goal. Um, I think the ending number was was 36000 and something. All right. Yeah. Fucking so A. Really happy about that. And I think the what they're doing with the, re- with the leftover money after um, the 32000 was for a new transmitter yeah um with the rest of the money from what from my understanding is going to be for making the app better um getting uh, we have a dedicated live stream now and we're gonna have one where we can go on location so we're gonna be at all of the festivals and all of that stuff coming up and i'm really excited about that and i want to get on on that because i want to go to ship for free absolutely so listen out for those things uh, they're really good for local music. If you guys are interested in the Winnipeg scene, if you're listening out of Winnipeg, 
um, and you want to get into the local music scene, I would definitely check out this radio station. And lots of good Canadian artists. Yeah, all that too. Um, I'm all about supporting Canadian artists. Uh, Most of what I listen to, honestly, is Canadian. Um, We have a lot of great musicians in this country, and we should totally celebrate that fact. Um, This podcast might involve music. I'm so... uh, Here's At one some thing. point. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do an intro song, but uh, I looked up how to license music, <laughs> and turns out it's fucking expensive. Um, we'll make our own. But also, I'm not monetizing this, so I don't think anyone can come at me legally if I just play a song at the front of the at the yet. front of the end yet. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you want to... Um, make a song. Hey, yeah. If you want to make a song or something for me... For jo- Johntown USA. For Johntown USA. Uh, God. That might be the name of the podcast. It so is. That might be the name of the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be very confusing for people because it's not going to be about that. But that's the beauty of it. That that might be the ironic that's beauty of it. That's how you're going to get people in the America to listen. That's true. It would it would it would kind of They're like, "Oh, Johntown, USA. That sounds like something I'd be into." It would definitely it would definitely go towards uh stretching out open arms to our American listeners, which I will I will do gladly. Uh if you're from anywhere in the world, I welcome you with open arms, please. Um again, at the end of this, I'm going to uh do a post credit thing where I'm going to have uh the email address and everything. Uh so long as I can get that stuff registered and there's not a Johntown, USA at gmail.com, uh which fingers crossed. Uh, Fuck that guy if yeah, there is. Yeah, like, I'll try and buy it from him. I don't know. I'll give him 20 bucks. He's probably <laughs> no, not using just, it. No, just put an underscore in that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll try and get a Facebook group up and my Twitter account going for that. So if you guys want to reach out to me, um, what I'd li- one of the segments I'd really like to do is is uh, listener mail and kind of read your questions. If you need advice on something, uh, I might not be the best person, but hey, I might also be the best person. So uh, check me out. Also, if you just want a witty response or someone to make fun of your weird question, this is a good place will, to go for I that. I will totally fill that need. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you guys for listening. I know this one went kind of long. I'm not sure if... I'm, I don't have a format down yet. We're still learning on all this stuff. I don't know if I'm going to really build a format out of it or if we're just going to do it freeform like we did today or if I'm going to try and add more structure to it later on, um, trying to have like a limit on how much time we're doing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe maybe I'll make nothing but four-hour-long podcasts. You do like part one and part two. I could, yeah. I you could, could, bra- I could break them up. throughout the week. Or- uh, episode zero is only about 45 minutes long. Uh, again, I was sick at the time, had strep throat, couldn't really talk that long. So, you know, and also I ran out of material about... 10 minutes into that episode so uh, please don't listen to that uh, please do no. I found it very interesting uh, Chelsea's the only person who's heard it at this moment in time because I haven't released it to the oh really the I'm the world. only one uh, Christine might have listened to it I don't know if she never gave me feedback on it maybe she hated it Aww. Um, but you're the only person I sent it to uh, just because it was your idea and your fault so <laughs> uh, that's the other thing is uh, this is all Chelsea's fault yeah everything you're is welcome. Chelsea's fault you're welcome uh, so hey I'm signing out over and out over and out I see I need a good sign out I need to have like a <laughs> On the Harmontown podcast, Jeff Davis, who is the comptroller, uh, says uh, drive fast and take chances, which is a reckless uh, thing to say to a bunch of people who are drinking alcohol, but uh, is also a good sign off. I need one of those. We'll work on that. We'll get better at it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. Have a good evening. Good night. But she likes the way you sing. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed when silly thoughts go through my head. The bugs and alphabet. When I wake tomorrow, I'll bet that you and I will walk together again. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends.
Hello again. So that was weird, huh? Yeah. Thanks for sticking around this long into the podcast. This is uh, recorded a few days after the initial recording of episode one. Chelsea and I took some time to kind of brainstorm some ideas for actual names uh, that don't involve farts, you know, trying to be above that. So we finally landed on something. The official title of the podcast is Learning Not to Hate Yourself. You may have realized that from the title of the podcast that you downloaded or are currently listening to. You can find us on SoundCloud and you know, just look up Learning Not to Hate Yourself and you'll you'll find the page there and all, all the episodes are going to be posted there from now on. If you want to get in contact with myself or anyone involved in the podcast, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, you know, whatever, what have you, you can send us an email at lnthypodcast at gmail.com. That's lnthypodcast at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. You could also reach us through Twitter at lnthy. I'll be checking that pretty regularly to see if anybody is actually paying attention to this, which, you know, odds are not in my favor, but hey, let's let's keep trucking. Uh, I'm also going to be making a Facebook page so you can follow us there, and I'll be, again, regularly updating that as things start to happen. Um, you know, get updates on who the next guest is, when the next podcast is coming out, all that good stuff. So again, thank you for listening and uh, keep on keeping on.